what it do y'all shout out to mcdonald's out of nowhere no i'm taking that shout out back nationwide is on <laughs> oh my god i'm just going through them <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome to the mama we made it podcast it's your boy nushi baby and we got roushi the silk Roushi the silk, Nushi the stone. Let's get it on. Ooh, this podcast today, single-handedly, is probably one of my favorites today. Fantastic I think, I story. I think your Caucasian self would agree. Man, definitely one of my favorites by far. Definitely, this is a powerful story. Very powerful story. <laughs> Shout out to Denise Jones and her path, man. Like this is re- like really. Shout out to you, D, um, for. Having the drive and the willpower to go through what you did and taking your uh, career in your own hands and thugging it the fuck out. And surviving in the desert till the rain comes. And it's raining, man. Hallelujah. It's raining. (laughs) Wow, we hit him with all the songs. This is great. (laughs) Welcome to the Mama We Made a Sing Along. The advert plugs. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we bring to you the story of the illustrious Denise, Denise Jones. Jones. Ah. Mama. Mama. We made it. What it, what it, what it do now? Hey, special vibe today. We're recording on June the 16th. One of the greatest entertainers ever to be alive and have impacted the culture was born today. Yes, sir. And the gorgeous thing is, on this beautiful day, we have Denise Jones <laughs> in the motherfucking building. I am building. honored. <laughs> I am honored. I am honored, guys. Thank you so much for having me As on a- Tupac's yes. day. This is a special day. It is. And to be honest, like I'm very glad a special human being like yourself mm-hmm. Uh, is sharing their story with us on a day like this. Can I tell you that? And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Tupac died at 25, and I'm going to be 25 in a couple months. Wow. So it makes this even more special, you know? Absolutely. What's crazy about Tupac is that he he had this look that was almost ageless. Yeah. Like if you said Tupac was 40, like, yeah, he's 40. Absolutely. Tupac's 18, you're like, yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's wild. Like, I mean, look, like, even, even going back to him as a human being, I think one of the things that sets him apart is his ability to be completely vulnerable and speak his truth, yeah. however that was or whatnot. And it goes to show, it goes to really complement this podcast in where uh, vulnerability is really the, the, the key component. And, and just, you know, everybody's journey is unique. Yep. Everybody's journey uh, along the way isn't as glamorous as whether it's how we see it or how others see it. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And the incredible thing, y'all, is... Denise's journey is absolutely fucking prolific, <laughs> and I'm really excited uh, to get into this deep dive, triple backflip, Michael Phelps gold medal winner scenario in this podcast. Where that went, I had no clue. I lost it and let y'all know that we did. I caught it. Be free. Ooh. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you did. <laughs> she got that Odell Beckham one-hander down just behind the head. Just straight up here. Um, Denise, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I want to, let, let's, let's start out early on. Like, give us a little bit about your background because I feel like even, 
even your birth into this world is unique, mm -hmm. right? And uh, being biracial mm -hmm. as you are uh, really comes with its own, um, I guess, becoming, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but take us through your, your background. You're a native Angelino, no? Yes. Born and raised in L.A. Um, so I come from a, technically it's a one-parent home. Okay. Um, and I say technically because my stepdad did play a role in my life bigger than my biological dad. Mm -hmm. um, but my mom also did an amazing job at being my mom and dad. Mm. Um, so I grew up in Compton, California. And uh, growing up in a city like that in the 90s is... I want to say what you see on TV, for the most part, what you see in movies today, right? And it, I say today because it's not like that anymore. It's 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 different. It's there's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of growth. There's it's not as much growth as we'd like to see, but yeah. it's still progressing, right? Mm. And um, in the '90s, it's very. I grew up in a home where, you know, you had to there. We would have like police raids, right? And we would have like a helicopter come out and they were looking for somebody at two, three in the morning. And we would, you know, we already knew growing up because I grew up with two of my half siblings from yeah. my mom's side. And, uh, you know, the police would rock, knock on the door and we would all off the back know we either had to go with our mom or we had to be on the floor and they would raid every room in the neighborhood just to make sure that whoever they were looking for wasn't in the house. Really? So growing, yeah. Growing up with something like that, you think that that's the norm. Right. You wow. think that growing up, that's what every everybody goes through. Mm -hmm. And I went to a school four cities away. I went to Huntington Park High School um, because my family thought that that was going to be make life a little easier because Centennial and Dominguez Compton High School has a really bad, um, mm -hmm. just a really bad. Uh, everyone has a really bad vibe to it. Right. Yeah. And so Huntington Park seemed like the better idea, but it wasn't that much more different than going to a school out there. Um, it's still like part of the LAUSD program. So yeah. it's still a school that's low income. Sure. Um, so growing up there, Compton is at, was at the time predominantly a black city. I still, I maybe today still, but the sti the street that we, my family still lives in is more Hispanic okay. and Huntington Park is all Hispanic, right? You deal with the Hernandezes and the Mendozas. And my last name is Jones. Oh, word. And it's like, no one got it right. Yeah. My teachers were like, Hones. <laughs> like, what is. I was so. Yo, hones. It was so bad. It, it was so did they try, bad. Did they ever it try and give like hones. that either accent? Like, Hones. Hones. <laughs> uh, Denise Hones. You threw the NJ up? You did. Hones. It was almost like they hadn't come across a name like that on the roster that they were like, oh, maybe it's pronounced wow. in Spanish, right? And I hated it. I hated it. I hated my last name. I hated, I was really dark when I was younger and I had really, really curly hair. I don't have it now, but as curly as I did, but I had really, a really tight Jerry curl almost. Respect Dark hair, dark, dark hair. This is dyed. And I was a lot darker and growing up in Compton, I just hated everything about that. I hated not fitting in anywhere because my mom, mm -hmm. um, is light skin like you, like yourself. She's almost your skin color, maybe even a little lighter. What up, mama? And I never met my biological dad. Like, I never wow. saw him when out. He wasn't in my life growing up. Got it. You know? So, you know, and I have two half siblings, and they're both tan, but the, everyone's like, oh, you look just like your father. And you, oh my God, this is what your dad used to do. And I'm kind of just sitting there like, hey, guys, I'm still here too, you know? Mm. And growing up with something like that, 
I feel like my mom and, and my dad, and when I say dad, I mean my stepdad. Yeah. So, but he's, he's still like a really, really played a big role in my life. Um, when you grow up like that, your parents wish that you got all the love, right? That they could possibly give you. But even then it really wasn't enough. It wasn't mm. enough for me to love myself. I hated everything about myself. Mm. Hated saying that I was from Compton. I always said, oh, you know, from Huntington Park in the city, you know, this street and that street. I would study the streets so that wow. I know knew what streets to give. And it sucked because it was more homework that I had to do. But on the plus side, I didn't have too many friends. So I dedicated a lot of my time to school. I invested a lot of time in extracurricular activities and not like sports or anything like that, at least not until high school. And in elementary school and in middle school, I... um was just a nerd. I was a nerd in middle school. I told you when we, when we talked, I was bullied in middle school. So it sucked because it's like, you're already the kid, you know, with the last name and you're darker than a lot of the kids. And in Compton, like I told you, I, I was, I was lighter than, than I was too light for the blacks and I was too dark for the Hispanics. So I didn't feel like I could fit in anywhere. Mm. And then my mom made me carry this rolling backpack. That's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really bad. That's you the know? worst. Actually. That's like the heart hurts bad though. Because she didn't want me to like carry heavy things. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, uh, no, look, uh, effective, but like, the coolness is zero like a like, no, it's like in the negative no but strolling through LAX yes but like when you're a kid going to school going to fourth grade you're like oh it gets worse <laughs> and you get labeled you're like you don't even get labeled it's like you're like oh yeah the kid with the role yeah okay it's just it's terrible yeah. it's so bad it was oh so bad gosh. and I and bless her heart bless her heart yeah. because I, I get it they were making us carry these textbooks and it was just we didn't have lockers because it was, it was LASD so it was just a mess, right? And they didn't even have working elevators. And there was a second floor. I had to drag that oh, thing. Like, you had the oh, click And it was click, like... Click, and, click, you know that, <laughs> and also, like, you know there's, like, phases of how you carry your backpack. Like, you know, some people yeah. sag the bag. Yes. Some people hold yep. it really yes. high up. Yep. Like, and that kind of defines who you are. It's, part yep. of your, it's like part of your yeah. outfit. You're, yes. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, how do you... Oh, you're one of those dudes. I yeah. can't relate. You go to, the, like, the one-arm swing with it. Yeah. I couldn't relate to that. Guys. And then the rollies and the rollies, you know, <laughs> the rollies were the kids that were just like, oh, so, I, so was that. And then it was just like bad, like that. It was one thing after another. And, and my mom was just amazing. She was just, she was really, really cool because she was a teen mom. She's a teen mom or she is a teen mom. She's still alive. God bless. Um, she's a teen mom. So she had three kids before the mm. age of 20. And that's a challenge because Absolutely. I'm 24. I don't even know how I would carry life with one kid right now. You yeah. know, so at 20, at 20, she had three kids mm. and from two different fathers. Right. And that's hard because in a Hispanic household, if you're not married, first of all, if you're not married and you have kids, you're look, you're, yeah. you're frowned upon. But if you're with a black guy, it's like, what? Like mm. you were, you're almost disowned. Right. And so when I was born, I'd be like, oh, she's cute, but she's dark. Right. And I didn't understand that. I didn't understand the tone in that. Yeah. Um, and my mom off the back got, and she tried to give me as much love as she possibly could. And, um, it was interesting because she worked so much mm -hmm. to get her GED to, to not be the stereotype mm -hmm. that she kind of missed out on like some really important years. So that's where my stepdad comes into play. And he, he filled in those shoes fairly well. And, um, and I have to say, you know, it's hard to raise a kid that's not yours. Yeah. Cause you don't know, there's so many challenges, you know, yeah. what can you, you know, get mad at the kid? Do you, how do you even you know, celebrate an accomplishment? You know, and I was very res reserved, very like, don't touch me. Like, 
we never built that relationship, that father-daughter relationship. And I feel like I'm going to fast forward really quick. Now, it's something that I'm still missing without even knowing. Really? And I didn't realize that till I was like, I think till a couple months ago, where I didn't realize that that void is still there. I don't have like daddy issues that you see, but it's just one of those where it's like, man, I kind of, I didn't realize that part was still missing. Um, but anyway, he did it. He did an amazing job, but he just couldn't fit into the role that I wanted. Got it. And so... Um, it's very hard also. It's you hard. Know, like unless... Unless you're open, even I feel like it's two-sided, but in, in that instance, unless that figure is open to really like making the attempt, but also understanding a reservation and going through that process early mm -hmm. to establish that, or they just play the role of a father figure right. and like keep it at bay. You, you know, know what? what I, I will. He, he tried really hard. And until this day, he's, he's my dad. Yeah. You know, that's my dad. And partially at fault I want to say is my mom because she was so overprotective of me that she didn't leave room for anyone else to protect or come into the picture mm -hmm. which she had the best intentions but it, it kind of did take a toll and so anyway um yeah so middle school it fucking sucked could we curse here <laughs> yeah, yeah no, okay good yeah oh, there no we go. Sorry. so middle school sucked like I, I hated it I hated every part of it and part of it was because I, I hated myself so I was bullied I, I had to eat in the restroom like it was just really bad really? it was really really bad and I remember there was two special occasions that I remember in middle school and and those occasions really shifted my mind when I, at that young age at 13 and one of them was um one of them when I, was when I was 11 Right. When I was 11, I was in middle school. I was in sixth grade. I'm the oldest. I always felt like I had to be the example. Yeah. I always felt like I had to carry that role of not being the second mom, but being the trophy child, being the one that, oh, be like him or, or not, never the one causing problems. Right. So in sixth grade, I graduated like really well in middle school. I, I placed advanced in elementary school. So I was advanced in middle school and I was advanced in high school. Mm -hmm. And um, in sixth grade, my brothers were picked up by my uncle after school and they were in elementary school and my parents didn't know about it so they were freaking out they were like somebody took our kids like what you know what's going on whatever this is kind of before when like cell phones were a privilege not like now that every kid has them yeah so i had an emergency cell phone right oh no 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 i'm sorry this is the reason i got a cell phone okay so i didn't have a cell phone and my parents had an emergency cell phone so i'm waiting in school and there's a library right next door and no one's picking me up it's like six o'clock they told wow. you know now they've told me to wait in the library whatever what's so going through your head during this i'm kind of i'm like man did something happen to them did you know they didn't forget about me i know yeah. they didn't forget about me but you know what happened to them i have no way in communicating it's like seven, eight, the library's now, now closed, right? And I can't, I'm, I live four cities away. I don't know how to take the bus because my, the only, the last time we took the bus was when I was like, you know, in second grade when yeah. my mom was making us wake up at 4 a.m. to take the <laughs> bus by six and be in school by 7.30, which oh, is wow. absolutely ridiculous. <sighs> but we got a family car and now, you know, sixth grade, <clears throat> I'm being dropped off and I don't know how to get home. It's eight o'clock, it's dark outside. I'm a little worried, right? Because Huntington Park isn't the safest area yeah. either. And no one's, you know, no one's coming. And, I, and I've called through the emergency library phone. No one's coming to pick me up. And I'm at this point, I'm thinking like, what if they did forget about me or what is, you know, I don't know what possibly could have happened. And that's exactly what it was because they were so concerned about my brothers being gone. They wow. kind of forgot oh, that wow. they still had to pick me up. Oh, wow. And when I found that out, it really hurt. It mm. really, really hurt because it kind of 
put a lot of the things that I was already thinking in my head, it kind of made them true. Like, oh, you know, I was constantly thinking like, oh, what would life be without me? You know, I was constantly thinking wow. about that growing up because it just seemed like the perfect family. And I just felt like I was the odd one out, you know, like technically I wasn't the one needed because my mom is in this really happy second relationship and I'm constantly causing problems without intending to, but just because my dad can't get mad at me. So my mom has to get mad at me, but she gets mad if he gets mad at me. So I become like the problem without wow. being the problem. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like, man, you know, this, like, this, this really sucked. Like maybe I should, I don't know. Like I didn't know I wasn't going to commit suicide or anything like that. And I was too afraid to run away, but I wanted to disappear more than ever. Wow. And eating in the restroom, that kind of already makes you feel like a nobody, right? Yes. So when you're at that age, you're just thinking like... Was it like was it like refuge in the restroom or was it just like staying away? I was staying away. I, I, the middle school, yeah, the middle school that I went to, it was really bad where yeah. it's like you picked any excuse to get in a fight. There was like clicks Got and it. gangs and everyone was just being pushed around. So mm. if you just bump shoulders with the wrong person and honestly, it could be just ab absolutely anybody. Um, mm. That would just be an excuse to get a rumble, which is what it was called Word. a rumble. And uh, you would get your ass beat. You'd get your wow. ass beat. And I couldn't fight. I didn't know how to fight. My mom um, grew up in, like I told you, she grew up with like a gang background and, and she was more of like the aggressive type. Really? Your mom? And she didn't press that on us. We grew up, I was telling you, I forgot, I don't know why I didn't mention that. It's so many parts of the story. I grew up in a, like I knew about kickbacks and I knew about the homies yep. when I was like four or five. Mm -hmm. and we would all go, my parents, because they were so young when they had us, mm -hmm. Um, they didn't, they were growing up with us. Yeah. So they would take us to their homie's house and they would take us to the kickbacks and we would be surrounded with like beer bottles and cups and you know, the lifestyle. Right. But they never wanted us to have that lifestyle. So they slowly distanced themselves as much as they could. They're mm -hmm. still very with, you know, their friends and the people that yeah. they grew up with. But, um, yeah, it was one of those things where it seemed like the norm to me. Mm -hmm. When I heard of a kickback, it's like, oh, they're going to go see their friends. It wasn't like dangerous as opposed to like a traditional yeah. mom that's like, where are you going? There's going to be what there? <laughs> yeah. There's going to be weed? Oh, my gosh. Like my mom never made that an issue. She never, mm. never made that an issue. Did she have those talks with you growing up? She had those talks and it was more of those like, if you want to try it, you can try it with, with us. me. Yeah. Yep. And, I'll, and I'll give you good shit. I'll give you really good stuff because if you try it with somebody else, mm -hmm. they're going to give you the cheap stuff yeah. and the cheap stuff's going to get you sick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The fact that we know about the difference between yeah. just an example, good marijuana and bad marijuana is blows my mind. Yeah. I don't want my kid to know, you know, the difference between Absolutely. good and bad. I want them to know maybe when they're like 18, but not at like nine. Yeah. It's wild though. Cause like, even you think about that and, and it's one of those instances, like when I was in junior high, my mom brought that up to me as well. Right. And it was more of the fact of, like, if you're going to do this, I know kids do, let me know. And yep. I want to be the first mm -hmm. to, like, be there, right? And it's one of those things where it's like when, when with parents being able to vocalize that, I feel like a lot of kids do certain things out of, like, being mischievous yeah. and against the grain. But when it's a norm to you or you're aware of mm -hmm. it, it kind of becomes, like, all right, well, cool. Because exactly. I remember in, in, in junior high, like, some of my best friends were, like, smoking weed. And it was, like, this, like, super fantasy, like, let's go to the park and all this. And I'm just kind of, like, yeah, bro, I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to me, it, it, I saw it as 
not something not good, but at the same time, it wasn't one of those where you want to partake just to not be good. Right. Because um, you didn't fear anything. I feel like no. when, you, when you're young and you try and your parents aren't, you know, the, you, the, you know the consequences that come with it. You're, it's like you're so controlled in the school system yeah. and that's the only exit out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you have all this liberty, then there's, you don't have to exit out that way. Right. So then that also put in more work as to how I was going to exit out. How was I not going to feel like I was being controlled? And that moment in sixth grade really made my life kind of a chaos because I was thinking just like, I just, as much as I really had so much hate inside already, it made me really feel like I don't, I'm not needed. Mm. And I want to ask you something. Did the culmination of that not needed, uh, looking back on it, mm because naturally like when you're a kid, you can't, I I don't know if it plays out like that, Mm -hmm. but was it one of those things of being half African-American, half uh, uh, Mexican. Um, was it something where you started to realize you weren't good enough for either and yeah. that became a predominant kind of function going forward? Yeah, you lose your sense of belonging, absolutely, because, you know, and it... Because kids are ruthless. Kids are oh, very ruthless. You know yeah. So bad. You know, I had a kid once tell me, I would, you know, you're pretty, but you're too dark. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, fuck, man. I'm already pretty low. I didn't tell you. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm eating lunch in the bathroom. Really? Like, so yeah. rude. Yeah, wow. but it was really bad. Hated it. And then the next part was in eighth grade. That was another key moment in middle school when I was always that goody good kid, right? Stayed out of everyone's way, go to school, get picked up, never caused any problems. And so my parents always told us, if you see something, report it but make sure that you tell them it's anonymous. Make sure they would emphasize in that anonymous part, right? So that's something that we carried with us, even to this day, just because there's so much bad that comes with it yeah. accidentally. And so there was, I was waiting for my, I was waiting for my, my dad to come pick us up, pick me up. Cause my brothers, I don't even know where they were at that time, but anyway, he was picking me up and there was these kids smoking, right? But they were smoking like something weird I had never smelled. It wasn't marijuana because I was familiar with that. It was like something weird. It could have been cigarettes now that I think about it, but <laughs> it was like nothing bad, so right? Like, so <laughs> it was like nothing bad. Cuban cigars. Yeah, it was so, so lame. But, and so anyway, I just, you know, I'm smelling it. They're right by me. The school's empty. There's no after-school programs. It's almost like a minimum day. You remember minimum days? Uh-huh. Yeah. Everyone cleared yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah. So I was walking that ass to Carl's Jr., McDonald's, whatever. (laughs) It was lit. No, I didn't have any luxury of that. I didn't even have like a group to go with, right? So I was just ready to get picked up. And so I I smell this and I'm like, oh my God, this is so bad. These kids are doing something really bad, illegal or something. (laughs) So I'm looking around for my nearest security guard and I see the security guard, security Vargas. He's not, I'm not going to say his first name, but Vargas, you, I'm calling you out. (laughs) Anyway, so I tell him when these kids aren't looking, I walk over to him. I'm like, hey, you know, these, these kids next to me are smoking something. I want to make sure that I don't want them to know that it's me. Please make sure that it's anonymous. Right. (laughs) The school security. It's like Vargas, right? Here, oh, God. So this guy must be friends with these kids. Yo. So he approaches them, right? And I'm at a distance so I could see. and But I'm there. They could see me, too. And I'm the only kid <laughs> oh, in the, I'm the only kid at school, oh, right? Oh, my God. So he, and these kids look like troublemakers. They're just dressed bad. Yeah. Like, they don't care. I'm over here with this stupid rolling backpack. My <laughs> pants are to my waist. I have a belt on. It's just. So anyway, so he tells them. 
And they're looking at me. I could see him moving oh, his mouth, and man. then I could see them talking, oh. and then they look at me. Oh. And at that moment, I lost all my marbles. I was literally like in panic mode. I have no backup. My family's not here. This guy's on their side. I felt like I was in some kind of battle, right? <laughs> so then there's only one gate you can exit from. And because it's so late in the day, it's literally like a one-person door. Oh, so they stand man. by the, the gate, right? Oh, and I'm no. like, oh, I'm not going to get out. I'm not going to get out until, they, until my dad comes. I'm not oh, going to get out. No. So sure enough, my dad pulls up, right? And he's driving a bucket. We had like, our family car was a bucket. It was just, <laughs> uh, we would get clowned on for it already. So he pulls up and I, I never felt like, you know, more relief. You're- and I walk out and these kids start spitting at me. Oh, no, no. And I'm, I started, I I had my head down and I just went to the car and I start crying and I'm just like, man, you picked me up late again. Like these kids they just spit at me right now. Like you kidding me. So I'm like balling. Right. I, I, I had never felt more worthless, Wow. you know, and I was already recuperating from that sixth grade. I forgot. Now yeah, we're in eighth yeah, grade. Yeah. So I'm just like, I felt just like worse than a penny on the floor. Oh, man. And so he got out and he's like, yo, you know, he, God bless my stepdad because yeah. he really like he really made it made me feel like somebody there. Wow. And so he just really talked to those kids in the most professional way, I want to say, but yeah. he's not he doesn't have like that tone where it's like, "Hey guys, don't do that to my <laughs> daughter." He has that like, "Yo, why the fuck are you guys messing with my daughter?" Wow. Right? So he puts it he just turns it on. Oh. And he's he's like intimidating them but not in a way where it's like yeah. dangerous but yeah. he's really letting them know right so the next day he goes to the school i think my mom goes with him too and they talk to the school about the bullying system and whatever and now we get i get this free pass to where i could wear whatever i want so the school felt like oh we're so sorry we don't want you to press any charges or whatever so we're gonna give your daughter who not, who wears uniform like every other kid give her a pass that she can wear anything she wants right super weird so i'm thinking so my parents are like okay that's great we don't have to waste money on uniform anymore that's perfect well, yeah, now we stand out even more. Now, yeah, right? now you're the single only oh, person. So you're too cool to wear a uniform now. I see. It was so bad. So then after that, I was just ready to get out. I was ready to get out. I would yeah. go in, do, do exactly what I needed to do. I would go to the library, straight to the library. The library became somewhere where I just felt free. Like mm-hmm. I just felt safe. It was like, it's like, you know, I guess this is this is the worst kind of analogy, but... I watch a lot of jail shows and prison yeah. shows. So it's kind of like your prison cell. You know, it's your prison cell where you're safe. You know, mm. in, you're supposed to be safe. You know, and sometimes you'll see people the you don't solitary. like. The solitary. Exactly. So, you know, the great thing about the library is that there's so many books for you to read. And these books became essentially my friends. Or they filled the void of, of the group that should have been with me in middle school and in elementary school. And... You know, I started I started going to the library more, but I also didn't like the person that I was becoming. I was becoming like very recluse. I was becoming more of an introvert than I wanted to be. And I wanted to change completely in high school. I wanted to be a completely different person, which, by the way, I changed again completely after high school, which is crazy. But um, anyway, I, I finished middle school and I entered high school and I wanted to be different. So I tried out for the basketball team. My dad really wanted me to do soccer. He's like, oh, do soccer, do soccer. But it was pre- it was pressed on me so strong that yeah. I, I it you, was you a turnoff you rebel against it yeah. was a turnoff yeah. so I did basketball and ironically it ended up being one of the best decisions I could have ever made because it 
it was something I finally had control of that I wanted for myself that mm-hmm. I got. Absolutely. And um, being, you know, being in, in, in a sport in high school, you get this automatic group of friends, which is your teammates, right? And I was so happy to just finally have a core group of, of anything, girls yeah. and guys. You get to talk to the guys' basketball team and the yeah. girls' basketball team. So it was this community that I had built or I had walked into. And that same year, I was in student council. And I got into student council. Um, there was this teacher, his name is Mr. DeVore. I went to like some student meeting and he heard me speak and he's like, wow, you know, what grade are you in? I'm like, I'm in ninth grade. He was gassing me up like, you're so, wow, you're so advanced. Well, you know, this and the other. And I'm just like, oh man, I'm not trying to be a nerd. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. not this, not this Bro, way. I'm already on the basketball yeah. team. Yeah, like, like, I was like, not trying to fuck with my shine <laughs> right now. Trying to get a fresh start. Please don't do this. <laughs> that sounds cool, but like yeah. not. I didn't want to do that. So, so I was like, I'm not going to do it. So um, because I was advanced, I was so advanced in all my classes, I placed in trigonometry my freshman year. And I was the only only freshman in a senior class. And the teacher, ironically, was Mr. DeVore. And he's like, are you in this class? Oh, wow. You're like, no, no. Like, yeah, I am in this class. He's like, well, you know, I have a great student council. I think you'd be perfect for it. You have leadership ability. I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm doing basketball right now. I just, I'm focused on that. And so he always wanted me to do extra credit. And I, I told myself that fresh high school, I wasn't going to work on extra credit. I was always really good about doing, mm-hmm. being above and beyond. But I just wanted to be completely different. I wanted yeah. to change in pace. So, um, Can I ask you something? Sure. Um, in that... Like, knowing that you wanted to change, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of girls and guys, just like, I feel like in that, like, whether it's elementary to, to junior high or junior high to high school, we have those moments. Yeah. Um, and it's different for kids that live in an area where it's like, you naturally have these cliques that kind of develop through mm-hmm. the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's new kids that come in. Like, I was always a new kid at, like, wildly pivotal grades. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, but I feel like I, I want to kind of touch on, so you, like in your head, you're like, I want to be different. And you knew you were going in there and you were going to be, mm-hmm. what, what is that like? Like, what was that like for you? Like kind of not in that moment, but looking back at it, right. Mm-hmm. In, 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 in the, the whole, like, I guess. I feel like it's one of those things where it's just like, I want to be better, but I, I like it's with the intent of fitting in right so you have to bring it down yeah so what what is that at that time and like how'd you how how was that for you to do that was it one of those things where it's just like okay liberating experience let's go or it's kind of like it was kind of it was a challenge because it's it's harder to I know a lot of people might say it's easier to play dumb, but it's it's a lot harder because it's more work yeah you know because you know your potential and if I'm not seeing the results that I know I can do, then it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. You're like, well, is this really what you, what I want? Yeah. And, and the only way for me to know that at that time was to see what I was getting back with the friends that I was initially wanting to make. Got that it. was going to be the answer to whether this is worth it or not. And, um, you know, off the, I can tell you now it was worth it. It was worth it. Um, but I didn't have to bring it down as much as I did my freshman year, I didn't yeah. have to do that my junior, my sophomore, junior, and senior year. Mm. Um, on that, though, I was going to ask, too, like, on that same topic. Yeah. In middle school, it's so common for kids to 
just to fit in. Mm -hmm. Like you hear this all the time. Good kids will do bad shit. You sacrifice like how you really feel about something just to fit in, Mm -hmm. just to be a part of something. But it sounds like for you throughout your whole middle school, you actually never dove into that. Or did you? Were there moments? Great question. I didn't have to dive into anything because I was already exposed to it. So if it was a flyer party, for example, right? All the kids were into flyer parties Mm -hmm. or kickbacks. But because I was already experiencing that, not with kids my age, but just with my parents. Yeah. It was, I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. But what about the friends that you could get? Like, hey, I know if I go hang out in the library, I'm definitely not making friends. I'm not like, you know, you're an outsider. You know, you don't fit in. But don't you just want to like go fuck around with that crew to be like, hey, look at me. I could do some bad shit, too. Or I can do this or I could do this. And maybe it's not something you really believe in. Mm -hmm. But you do it anyway just to be a part of something. Yeah. You know what? My mom did such a great job at saying, you don't need anybody but me, Ah. that I just believed it. And she said, don't trust anybody. Don't trust anyone. Don't trust anyone. That's something I do wish. I I, I wish I wouldn't have been taught that at that age, because when you grow up feeling that you can't trust your peers and you can't trust your classmates, Mm -hmm. then you start becoming a little paranoid and you start feeling that everyone's against you. Right. So you not you don't necessarily act like the victim, but you just feel like. I don't want to partake in whatever it is that they're doing, even if it's going to mean that I'm going to get a friendship out of it. And yeah, I think it was just, it was really just that, like she just did a really good job at saying like, you don't need anybody. I do wish I would have gone to some of those flyer parties hindsight mm-hmm. because some of those friends that I'm, that I would have made in middle school, I made in high school. It's crazy. I mean, there's so many times where like, I know I was like, I definitely should not be doing this. I don't want to do this. Yeah. But I'm going to do it yeah. just because I don't want to be the dude that's like fucking square or yeah. loser, like things like that. But you know what? I feel like she did it in a way that she made herself seem cool. You know how it, some people are, are really embarrassed that right. like my mom is my friend. I was really proud of it. Like my parents did such a good job at making us feel like they were our age and they understood. Mm-hmm. They put us in karate classes and swim and we had swim lessons and we were really young. And keep in mind, when you grow up in like Compton, for example, you don't get those experiences. Right. We had to go to Lakewood. We had to go to Cerritos, which was like the white area or the best area. And, you know, that's how we were able to take advantage of these experiences. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much of a privilege it was then to take advantage of those opportunities at my peers and classmates had never even heard of like, oh, you're swimming? We don't have a pool in this school. How are you swimming? Or you're going ice skating? What is that? Are you, are you going to the mountains? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's things like that that you're not yeah. exposed to, you know? Yeah. And so in high school, I wanted to take advantage of all of that, right? I wanted to make sure that I was taking advantage of the friendship, not necessarily the parties, but just the friendships. Right. That was really important to me, more important than getting an A. Mm. And uh, freshman year, I ended up getting into, I became freshman class president, but it was by default. Like no one had to vote for me. Like there was no, you were the only one running. There was only one running. There was yeah. a, Mr. DeVore. Made Hi it. guys. <laughs> I just want to let you know, this is Denise Jones and I want to be your class president. <laughs> like the freshmen uh, don't care. What you don't realize is there's nobody else. So I'm here. <laughs> we're here, baby. Mama. <laughs> we already made it, but we good. Mr. DeVore. Thank you. It was that. It was that. I'm here. You know Denise. It was that. It was you know Denise before you know Denise. So I became freshman class president. And off the back, I I loved the community in in that leadership class. 
because it was just it was kids that wanted to make school a better experience it wasn't like your nerdy kids and it wasn't like you know the athletes or anything like that it It was was, it's actually like the pinnacle kids yeah It's like, like the staple students. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The smart But that is still that cool, like, though, though. It's, yeah. it's cool yeah. because yeah. they make yeah. school cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, yeah. they take care of the dances. They take care of, you know, all the, the lunch activities and they bring in guests. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. they play a big role. Anyone who's in student council plays a big role. But I was really still focused on sports. Uh, all right. This is exactly what did, I want to do. And you, you were doing sports growing up, like, say, mm-hmm. karate and swimming. So yeah. you were already, like, athletic? I was already athletic, but I didn't have, like, that team. Because you we would never all, know it. If you saw the the rolly bag, you would but never know she it. Was no. damn you would never know you I could really me? like drop kick you or something. Yeah, no, the the rolly bag was like, yo, that's <laughs> yeah. filled only with books. My yes. life is books. That's yes. it. Like, get the you know, your you soccer ball. Know. Like, I feel you. That's over there. Yeah. The rolly bag books, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, you collect books. That? You like slang books. <laughs> it was a lot of that. So you're right. You would never yeah. know. And so sophomore year came, and I was still in the same things. Um, junior year. Uh, same teacher was like, you should run for student body president, right? And I'm just like, student body president, that's what seniors do. Like, I, I'm not, I definitely don't have anywhere near the, the popularity of a senior, let alone a junior in my class. He's like, you know, but you have everything that it takes, you know, just, just go for it. So sometimes all it takes is somebody just really, absolutely. for a long time, my mom was that person that, Denise, you can do absolutely anything. She never, ever held back from saying anything. Keep in mind, she was, she finished her GED. She was in sales she was in customer service and sales for 10 years then she went through like this early midlife crisis or something so she got into makeup and she wanted to be a makeup artist and then that didn't work so she went into nursing and then nursing was like cool and she did it for a few years but then she got back into makeup so she was always like never never gave up never always followed her passion and so decisive very indecisive very indecisive and it showed us that you can still live a great life being that way mm-hmm. you know you don't have to stick to one thing yeah so her constantly saying like oh Denise, you can do absolutely anything you can do anything you can do anything is cool but when you have somebody else telling you that it yeah. makes it that much more like truer yeah. very validating you yeah. know yeah. so and if they build that kind of rapport exactly you know what I'm saying? like you had already built that yeah. yeah you had the trig scenario where you know what yeah. I mean? then you were the 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 candidate the only candidate yeah but he obviously built some like trust mm-hmm. with you and just like belief Exactly. And it had to have felt good. Mm -hmm. Just coming from that, I I guess that like... Well, there's always that one teacher. Yeah. I think everyone has that that one teacher that's like, that gets you. And it's like, it's just you. It's something that's uh, validating, but it's empowering too. Absolutely. You feel like you have a deeper connection that's only yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, he might've been like that with everyone, but like he singles you out and... Mm -hmm. Like, I've had those influential, you've had the influential teacher. Absolutely. The one. Yeah. You know? I think he was that. He was absolutely that. So I ran my junior year, right? Mm. I knew I wasn't going to get it, but he believed in me, and I sure as hell did not get it. So, and it hurt. It hurt because I was just like, man, I really tried, just embarrassed myself. I ran against, like, these seniors, and here I am as a junior. So I ended up filling in the only open position left, which was, like, I think House of Reps or something like that. But come my senior year, I was going to run for student body president. And seeing as I was the only one that run that ran my junior year, I just felt like no one else should run against me. You guys didn't run your junior year like I did. Yeah, y'all behind the curve, right? You know. Yeah. So, but I didn't. I still didn't have the popularity. I had my my girls, my basketball girls, and they were cool. But if you think about it, student athletes don't vote. 
They'll, yes. you know, they'll vote if you push them. Yes. But they're not the first ones to vote. Yeah. And so I didn't know and that. Think about it like just in, so in, in general pop culture, though. Like, yeah. the youth doesn't vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, you have to be compelled or like yeah. willed to vote, if yeah. you will. Yeah. And so it was exactly that. I got a really early, early experience with that. And so my senior year, I ran and I was going up against um, a guy who was the captain of the water polo team. I was also on the swim team, but I was more passionate about basketball basketball so uh he's the captain of the water polo team keep got class flirt it was just i hate this guy i fucking hate that it was that guy it was that guy class flirt class flirt good for you buddy great great for you class flirt i get it like for real and so and the other girl that was running she was the over like overachiever i thought i was an overachiever until i met her she's like president vice president of the key club president of the uh kids with special needs yeah. she was she you, was you, the ones that they all vote you literally copied off of her best friend because like y'all were cool <laughs> <laughs> not her because she disowned the best friend but it's yeah. like kind of like yo you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly that so she had like the kids that actually vote he had wow. the girls and here i am with the with the girls that are my girls, yeah. but they don't vote. And the guys don't vote either. And I wasn't like, I'd never, I was in no relationship. I didn't have a high school sweetheart. I didn't have any like bad, I didn't have a bad rep, but I also had no rep. Word. Right. So I was like, man, I really have to take things up a notch. I don't know what I'm going to do here because I don't have the money that she does. She was having like the parents bake her cookies. Oh, they threw money into it. Stop. It was that. And I didn't have that. I didn't have that. I didn't have money for that. She was ADD Taylor Swift before that even existed. You know what I mean? Like you had, like it was forced upon you. You're kind of like, okay, you're talented, but like you're just like, "Mm, I don't know about you. Yeah, it was really, I was just like, really. And it sucked because. She was cool until we started running. Then it was like, all right, we ain't, you know, I guess we're not friends right now or whatever. Daddy, Denise is playing against me. (laughs) No, she didn't even, she didn't even come from money. She just knew how to work things. Word. You know, she, and her. So she went to like the fucking uh, PTSA meetings and like, was like. It was that. Mrs. Reynolds, your cookies are phenomenal. (laughs) Can we have those? (laughs) It was that. So. And then they dropped this bomb on us, like, you guys can't use any school supplies for your campaign. The hell is that? And that's because we were going through budget cuts um, with LAUSD, so we, you know, we, they had to keep everything. So the, the internet was still fresh. We had Safari in our uh, computer lab. You were on straight Netscape Navigator. Yes, exactly Netscape. Exactly <laughs> that. I forgot about Netscape. It was that. Yeah. And so I'm searching away, like, just campaigns, right? And I told my mom, Mom, I'm running for student body president, and this is it's kind of a big deal. And she's like, all right. So she buys me this speech book. Bless her heart. It was, like, 50 greatest speeches of all time. Oh, but it's like, hilarious. Mom, it's amazing. It, it was, it's amazing now. But yeah. if you're running, those kids don't want to hear that stuff. They don't understand half of the vocabulary in there. Four score. And so. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was... <laughs> I was just thinking that's a four score and seven years ago. My underclassman. (laughs) I have a dream. It's a great honor that I'm privileged to speak with you all. (laughs) (laughs) 
I bet you those were the speeches. <laughs> those were the speeches in the book for sure. And so I told her, I was like, I really want to do this. She's like, all right, well, let me know if you need any help. At no moment did I ever feel like I wanted to ask my mom for money because I knew we weren't in that position, mm. right? So shout out to Netscape. I was able to, do. to just get the answers that I needed. I went to a meat market and I purchased a big roll of butcher paper there. The ones that they used to roll up the meat. Oh. Hindsight, I could have just gone to an art supply store, but we didn't have those growing up. I didn't know what an art supply store was aside from wow. like the art room in my school. I would have never. Michael, Michael's was not in the neighborhood. Michael's was not in the neighborhood. <laughs> and John's was probably still there as as Vons's second cousin. <laughs> yeah. But there wasn't any like Terry art supply store. No. <laughs> Michael's. We had um, Anna Linen's. As yeah. the arts. That just doesn't sound like somewhere you'd you walk know what? into. It's, it's not, you walk in there for fabric, so you yeah. find a lot of grandmas in there. It's really cool, though. Respect. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's no art supply. So I went to a meat market, and I got some butcher paper there. I, uh, my, my dad, he worked in construction, so we'd co- he would come home with the randomest things. And one of the things he came home with was a roll of postal service stickers. And it was about, like, I want to say this size, maybe a five by eight. It was a five okay. by eight. And you, I, I was able to fit two cups on there, right? And I traced the cups and I cut them into these stickers, right? And uh, I created this thing called Toilet Talk. So while people are sitting down, so I, lit. I had people just read the things. I saw you had like a little toilet book there. So yeah. it was exactly that. Yeah. Head of its time there. It's straight up. And so while people were sitting down, this was, again, mind you, before cell phones were a thing yeah. or a, you know something that you now a have to have. A game of snake wasn't going to be that important when like, you see something <laughs> looking straight at you. You know what I mean? You're exactly. You're not going to waste <laughs> your battery or anything on that. So um, we were... I had toilet talk like, hey, you know, while you're sitting down, just make sure to vote Denise Jones for ASB president. Now, remember, for a long time, I hated my last name. Absolutely despised it. But this time around, it stood out. So it became something I was really proud of for the first time at 17. What was that? Because no one had it. No one had that last name. And it just felt like, screw it. I I don't have anything. I had to give everything that I had. Mm. And and at that moment, it was that last name. Are you keeping up with the Joneses or what? Yeah, it was that. You it was, that was good. That was good. No, you have your campaign manager right here. <laughs> that would have been good a couple of years Man. ago. That would have been good. <laughs> so I had like that. I had the toilet talk. I had um, over every water fountain, I had drinks on me. It wasn't oh, really on me. That's but lit though. I, I feel you. That's vision though. You know what I'm saying? Because you're hitting the spots that people are going yes, to. Yes, I'm hitting all those yeah. spots. And then... Um, and then I bought number two pencils because I knew you needed that for a test. And I got them at the 99 cent store. I had a black Sharpie and every freaking pencil. I wrote vote Jones for ASB president. So everything had my hand in it, including the stickers. The stickers said, uh, voted Jones and they had like a little check mark and they were really creative. Everything was really different and color coded. And, uh, with the butcher paper, I had, I created these big posters that my teammates were able to help me put up. And I, I would get there to school really early to post them up. So when the students started coming in, they were like, oh, my God, like vote Jones or Jones for president. You know, I forgot. You forget about Denise. It was oh, just yeah. Jones, like Jones for president. Uh, People started calling ooh. me Jones. And it was, it was really cool. What it do, Jones? <laughs> it was really Jones, cool. Jones, toilet talk. <laughs> what time? All right. I'll be there. <laughs> It was that. It was that. I was so incredible. Proud of it. Incredible. For the first time, I was so proud of my last name. And that moment 
till this day plays a huge role in my life because at that moment I realized how much I was willing to put into something that I really wanted. Mm. Um, so it was like energy. It was, it was work. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. And losing didn't cross my mind. Right. So then I had to write my speech and my speech was amazing. I didn't want to put in like a, a hip hop cult, like all the other girls yeah. did. I wanted to stand out. So I was really talking. I wasn't making false promises. Like I was really talking like a regular person. Right. And I invested a lot of time in that in that um, speech. So come the results, come you know when we get to see who made it or whatever. I go and I'm walking so slow, and it's on one, it's on the student council door, and I see my name, and I was just like, I didn't, I celebrate quietly. I was so happy. <laughs> Celebrating quite. <laughs> if y'all didn't realize that, we're all celebrating very fucking quietly, okay? It's like the quieter, the hyper. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was all of that anthem. It was all of that anthem, and I was so proud of that moment. But at no moment did losing really cross my mind. So even though I was walking slow, I didn't didn't feel like their oh, campaign. You had your chest out, huh? Yeah, I didn't feel like that ca- their campaigns measured up to mine. Jones was walking up. Jones, <laughs> Jones was walking up. The Jones campaign. Yo, I was ran so, by Denise Jones. I was so happy. But it was the, the Jones, Jones campaign. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not get it fucked up. I was so happy. But that moment, I didn't know then was going to play such a role in what I do now Mm. because that's, you know, I market, you know, I I market different talent. I market myself um, and I'm constantly creating these ideas and I'm a self-starter. I was a self-starter then at 17. So I didn't know, you know, I could make a career off of that. So what's crazy and and sorry to interrupt, but this is going polar opposite extremes. You went from the girl in literally Mm -hmm. lunch in the bathroom to Toilet talk. Jones. Yeah. Jones president. toilet talk. Yeah. yeah. You know, and. And the kids smoking cigarettes were probably smoking cigarettes having toilet talk. Yeah, yeah. they probably were. But with, just that. With, with, no, with no rolling backpacks. With no, I didn't have a rolling backpack in high school. I told myself I was going to have that. You better not have. But I wanted a Jansport so bad and I had an Everest. Respect. For you guys that don't know, yeah. the Everest is like five bucks. Yeah, yeah. no, but respect no, I, I though. Feel the, I feel Everest that. is like Jansport's cousin. Yeah. It is. You know I mean? It really yeah. is. It's like Jansport. Yeah. It is. Or Samsport. Or Samsport. Shout out to. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. But that that arc though, like the the arc that you that you experienced is insane yeah. as a person. Like mm-hmm. confidence. Yeah. Your last name. Mm-hmm. Your identity, where you fit in. You're Mm -hmm. like running shit now. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel where you're coming from right now. Do you think that it was one of those slow builds? Or were these like distinct moments where you equipped yourself with something along the way and and went forward? Equipped it and it was kind of a culmination there. I think it was slow builds. I think it was slow builds because I had no intention of even going there. I just, I really, at the end of the day, I just wanted a core group of friends. I just wanted to feel wanted and I wanted to feel like I was somebody mm-hmm. you know it sucks to feel and, and that's why I feel like you know I can really relate to, to the kids that are, are very quiet and very yeah. to themselves because they've gone through life the hardest and I feel like when you go through something like that we were talking about this earlier it's it's much better that you go through that early on mm-hmm. yeah because I don't have to go through that you know life is tough experience in my 20s or in my 30s like I was able to show myself how resilient I really am and I can be and I can just 
move on from situations. Like it's tough now. And it was really tough then. And things, by the way, as you get older, they only get, they only get tougher. Yeah. Yeah, But to see that at a young age and see how strong you are and how resilient you are and how, you know, you can go from hating yourself to the, you know, as much as you possibly can to where you just want to disappear to now loving yourself and, and embracing who you are. And, and I'm, that's why, you know, today, if I, I don't feel like I come across as arrogant, but I'm very, very proud of myself and my growth who and, you've become. and who I've become because it took so long to get here. It took yeah. so long to get self-love and it's something that I'm still working Hold on. on. I think we need to just round of applause for what you've gotten to. Uh, I, I mean, it also like the the crazy part just to acknowledge is that it could have gone the opposite Absolutely. way. Like yeah. when you're a teenager, it's such a formative time mm-hmm. where yeah. like not only are your, your hormones and everything, but like yeah. there's such a bigger divide amongst people mm-hmm. and you could easily just be like, fuck it. It's not in my, like, I guess a good life isn't in my cards. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to continue this and get worse and worse and get introduced to drugs, get introduced mm-hmm. to alcohol. Escape. Get, 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 yeah, on a real level. And the yeah. older you get, it just becomes more and more. And that spiral keeps going. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard and challenging to... It, it takes a lot of work that you have to put in mm-hmm. to not do that. Mm-hmm. It just has to be acknowledged that there is that other side that's very real for a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you hear about that. And people, especially like in high school and the junior highs, it's like... It's wild because I feel like all of us go through this arc where, um, you know, we have these experiences in high school. Whether Look, look whether you're the nerdy, smart kid that hangs out at the library or whether you're the athlete that's cool with everybody or the athlete that's strictly an athlete or, like, the nomad kid that, like, is cool mm-hmm. with everybody. One of the craziest things about those years are is, like, if you look at it, like, the wildest shit is, like, a lot of the cool kids for the sake of being cool in these high schools Mm -hmm. wherever the region is right but a lot of these kids like build this entitlement young Mm -hmm. and end up being like your glorified uh community college goer in said city. Yeah, it was like, you, you know what I'm in saying? In high school, you were the man, and homie. You, know? you end up having this scenario where the kids that like have always been kind of battling that and like want something, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the degree is. But it's like, I feel like just like one PSA to, to just kids in general, if you're in high school, like understand this. All of that clicking and, and all those things, look, it magnifies and it gets less relevant as you get older. Absolutely. But one of the biggest things outside of the confines of academia is you find yourself or you begin to really like build on yourself and your likes. And mm. instead of being accepted, like you attract your whoever your squads yeah. are. You know what I'm saying? You're not wasting time with like energy that's not needed. You're not looking yeah. for friends. And I feel like things happen for a reason. I, I, I feel like I, though I wish middle school could have been different. I'm very glad it was that way because I didn't have to force friendships because I couldn't, yeah. I wasn't in a place where I could, you know? And I feel like in high school, absolutely. I, I, you hit that right on the nail. It's, it's that situation where the unpopular kid isn't, it's not anything you, you think it's going to be. It's not a title that anyone really knows what comes with it yeah you know and it's 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 like getting 100 it's like winning the lottery it's exactly that 
it's like winning winning the lottery so you you're so happy with the, the gains that you get and the wins that you get but everything that comes with it the backlash you know people lose friendships a lot of the people that win the lottery commit suicide because it's just so stressful yeah, yeah. you know and it's this pressure that i don't know why we make it seem so important that high school has to be the best time and this and the other and it's not yeah. It's it's hard. It should be hard, you know. And one thing that I really wish I would have learned in high school is just how to to be in tune with myself and con- and relate to my emotions, connect with my emotions a lot yeah. better than I did because I wouldn't have to deal with with hatred and and self love. You know, it's my parents couldn't teach me that. Yeah. My parents gave me a lot of love, both my mom and dad, but I couldn't. I didn't feel comfortable telling them, "Mom, I don't I don't like myself." Because they're gonna think off the off the back. Oh my God, I have to put her in therapy, or we have. Yeah. What are we doing wrong? And right. it's gonna become a problem. So, and and how do you teach a kid that? You know, you, I, it's wild. I, I don't think you can. I, I just think it's one of those things where it's like looking looking through how we've lived, and like mm-hmm. whether it's myself and the stories, or or even like close friends. I think as parents, look as kids, we make choices, but as parents also like. Me looking at what I went through and just like what a lot of my friends and peers have gone through, at the end of the day, the best thing you could do as a parent is establish an open line of communication. Absolutely. Right? So for better or for worse. Because if you're a friend and like, look, at the end of the day, one thing that I love about my parents is like they they set the precedent of what was good and what was bad, Mm -hmm. but they also gave the freedom to experience those things Mm -hmm. and verbally said it like look this isn't god's word here right this is what we feel you're gonna need to figure it out Mm -hmm. but also know that we're here for you so it's like it was one of those scenarios where yes we still naturally keep some things closed but to be able to know that like if i go tell my mom or my dad something they're not gonna freak out yeah you know what i mean and they're kind of gonna be like all right, come here. We got to talk now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it makes it way more open because you kind so of go through more. high school and like you have the, the dad that is very strict on, on his daughter about boyfriends, girlfriends, and she's giving head in the bathroom in mm-hmm. the sixth grade. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? And yeah. like all these different things. Or, but if it's the opposite, and I feel like it all comes down to just communication. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Just being like, look, I can't know what you're going through. There's some things that I don't understand in this day. Like, I always wonder myself, like, damn, okay, I thought, like, my parents didn't know a lot of things, but, like, what am I not going to know? Like, how right. am I going to be behind as a parent? Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Or cat's going to be, deep. like, driving a fucking drone. They're going to be like, watch the speed limit in the aerospace. But, <laughs> <laughs> but to be able to openly communicate, whether it's with your, your peers or your child, like, I think that's really what sets that apart because – just like we as kids don't know as we're going through the process, mm-hmm. a lot of times for parents, it's like they don't know either. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that really dictates uh, the level of, of, I guess, internal strength that a kid has. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it's, it's, it's developed or not, like, that's the beauty of life, man. We live and we learn. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you're building all this confidence, mm-hmm. right? Bit by bit, block by block, you're with the the basketball girls. Uh, you're swimming. You, you're really in. You, you found your place, and and this kind of student body and just this role and this responsibility has really piqued your interest. Mm-hmm. Take us through uh, actually getting it was and what was it all that that you could have thought it would be? Mm. Was this something where it was like all right, student body and 
now we lit. Like pizza Thursdays, fucking no. in and out truck coming in. Like I told y'all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Was it one of those things where it was outside of the, the fact that it, it was an accomplishment? Mm. Was it something that had piqued your interest? Because mm. I feel like that's a very pivotal moment there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, it's not what I thought it was going to be. But I, at the same time, I didn't think much about it. I just wanted to be the leader. I just wanted to be number one. Mm. That's all I wanted to be. And I didn't think about the responsibilities that came with it. Respect. You know? Shit, I vote for Jones too. Because <laughs> I just want to win. It's just I like just, you just want to get there. Yeah, I just wanted yeah. to win. I wanted to be number one. I feel that comes with being the oldest. When you're the oldest, you again, you place this responsibility on yourself. You have to be the best. Mm -hmm. You have to be the best. And there's no second. You know, that's the middle child. There's no excuse for you not getting whatever it is that you want, whatever yeah. it is that you work for. And so when I actually got it, no, it was not what I thought it was going to be. There's no, you don't really have, and let's face it. I mean, it's just a position where that the school needs to say that, hey, this is the student that's going to communicate yeah. to the student body. But at the end They're of the developing day. developing pivotal skills in leadership, <laughs> organization, structure. At the end of the day, it's like it's your administration running things and yeah. it's, you know, that yeah. your advisor running things. So you're really just the one that listens and communicates it back in your student tone, right? <laughs> so I would have to attend meetings, these really, really long meetings um, once a month. I would have to uh, say the announcements. Um, I didn't really have say in my senior class because that's the senior class president's job. So I was really kind of just kicking back. Like I didn't, I was just the face. And it kind of sucked, but at the same time, it wasn't too bad because there wasn't responsibility. But being number one, being the student body president meant that, you know, at least I thought I've worked hard so long. I had a 4.0 GPA oh, wow. that it's just uh. like, I'm going to go to whatever school that I want. Right. My I, I my parents were making an amount of money that was not anywhere near a lot. But to the government, it's like you can't you can't you can't do FAFSA. Right. And I didn't have wow. scholarships. I only had one scholarship. Oh, they couldn't do it. They couldn't. I couldn't do FAFSA. Like I didn't qualify. That's wild. It's so weird. Yeah, it was so, so weird. And so I was pissed because that mm. meant I would have to go to community college. How does the student body president, how do you take me from a high all the way down like it's a Superman ride at Six Flags? Like I crashed. I felt like a failure going to community college, going to junior college. My mom went to junior college, so I wanted to be better. I wanted to be go to USC. I wanted to go to UCLA. I didn't yeah. even apply to like cal states i was just focused on the privates and the and the UCs. and you just you just couldn't get the loans and i couldn't get the loans i couldn't <sighs> get the ones that i wanted and i, I didn't want to there was a few loans that i could have done mm -hmm. yeah, and the debt but the interest was yeah, ridiculous yeah. so Shit, i'm still paying one right now it, yeah it was ridiculous so then Shit. i did community college but i hated it because the school would put your names like, oh, where, where are the seniors going oh to college? Oh, my God. That's the worst. And I, had a, a and I was TBA. Killer. I was TBA. Oh, my God. And, and I'm the first person on there because they put leader. They put <laughs> first. Now, did you get into schools? I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, you, I, applied you didn't to, apply. I applied to two. Okay. I applied to SC and LA. And I didn't get in. And okay. I felt like a failure. And then I, my FAFSA didn't follow through. So mm -hmm. I was just like. No. This is, this is not looking good. So I was going to community college, right? That was it. That was what I was going to do. And it sucked because how does the student body present? How do you go from having, doing all this, putting in all this work, going, building this relationship in the library and becoming a nerd and, and exiting out of that phase but still being smart and taking all these advanced courses, doing all this extra work to go to a college that, you know, your average 2.0, 1.7 
you know, yeah. student went That's to. That's so frustrating. That yeah. must be so fucking frustrating. Yo, you like have no idea. You almost feel like there's like a bit of regret. Like, okay, if this, if I knew this was this, absolutely, yeah. fuck it, I'm going, I'm wilding yeah. out. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't need to do all that for yeah. real. So when I, that's a, kind of exactly what happened in a sense. So as soon as I graduated from high school, I started doing the flyer parties and doing all the things that I should have done when I was, you know, maybe like 16, you know, 15, 16. So I went to flyer parties and I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is exactly what I expected it to be. Like, <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're 18 and it's like, yeah. you're having, you're seeing 14 year olds like do Nas balloons yeah. and you're, you know, there's weed smoking and the music is like hella like uh, what's it, it's just sounding like the speaker blew out. Yeah. And you're just like, what am I doing here? And it's at this abandoned warehouse. Keep in mind, these are underage kids. Yeah. So I'm it's just not like, tight. It's not tight. <laughs> yeah. What's like, the point? At all. Like clicks going at it's all. Like not lit though. What's no. the point? You know what I'm so I did that. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I remember no. those. And like it's cats not. had like their group names and all yeah. this shit. And I'm just like, bruh, y'all are just whack as fuck. Yeah, it's, it was that. I did that <laughs> after I graduated thinking, screw it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to a university. And so I did that and it sucked. And then I, I didn't have a direction for what I wanted to do in college. Being in student body president, being student body president, I was like, okay, well, I'm destined to be president. That's what I want to do. Like, my ambition in life is to be president of the United States, be the first female president. Mm, right? You know, because I already I, was I mean, look, I the Joneses has already been mm-hmm. a prominently established campaign. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's about to be a time. I was already Entity. successful with my campaign, so I felt that's my calling, politics, political science. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So I did. I told my mom, Mom, I want to be president. I'm going to go into politics. She's super proud of me, like, Wow, man. My, she already knew I was like yeah. really smart. That's crazy to yeah. say. Like, that's crazy to say. Like, I'm going to be president. It didn't sound weird w- to me, though. No, I know. I like yeah. that. To me, it sounds like if you said, I, want, I don't know, for me. Because you, you, you're right. Because you usually say it when you're like five or six. You're like, ah, oh, man, when I grow up, I want to be president. Right? That's what you, you grow know, up it, thinking. It almost seems like so far fetched. Yeah. That it's, it's like yeah. unattainable. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I was invested. That's but exactly what I wanted to like, do. So you just understand like the level Absolutely. of confidence of like where your mind is at mm-hmm. to even vocalize that and really be serious. Like no, I'm, I want to be president and I'm going to go study this. Like, mm-hmm. oh shit, you're like, I, I wouldn't it feel kind of embarrassing to tell someone like, hey, I want to be president of the United States of America. I mean, look, like, that's one of those things where... In a weird it, it, way, it's yeah. like a little, like, it, 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 hindsight, I can it, see. I just never felt that. No, I love that. Yeah. No, but I love yeah, that. If it's, it's, that, if, 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 if it's like, in that pocket, like, you're going for it. Like, yeah, it's like, it. I, yeah, you can't really say shit, but it's What do you want to be... What are you, what are you working towards? I'm going to be president. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, you know what it is? Because it's probably, but like... But you got to hit him with that. You it's, did. No, because that's it, exactly Like, I'm going to be president. It's one of, like, the things... It's, like, one of the quickest things someone could be like, all right, okay. Like that, you can easily you're shut right. that down. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, in, in just in terms of general. So yeah. to actually be that serious, yeah, it's such a a, a cool understanding into where your mind was at, because mm-hmm. it's a very fucking rare thing. I've never met anyone out of all my friends that I know <laughs> that have said that they wanted to be president yeah. of the United yeah. States. I bitch slap any of my boys that like want to be president out of fucking nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, good like, for you, Playboy. Like, I yeah, feel you. I feel you. <laughs> 
<laughs> you were shooting guard on a CIF championship team. You want to be fucking president now? I feel you. <laughs> Bitches aren't coming with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's be, let's be real with it. You right. know what I mean? You know? You're not Bill Clinton in the Oval Office. Like, let's get Monica out your mind, player. Exactly. Yeah, so, I did, no, I totally understand. I, it's, I don't know. There's like a fascinating thing about it to be like, even when you said it now, you're like, I wanted to be president. And I'm like, okay, of what? Listen, you don't believe like a company or like. You don't believe my candidate could be president? <laughs> I have oh, my, I my campaign, campaign manager. Yeah, campaign manager. <laughs> <laughs> Anoush is painting the, the Jones campaign across his wall I'm right now. Ready. Bro, go to the bathroom. See if there's toilet talk. <laughs> oh, What's up? Is. Toilet talk is very real. <laughs> totally I got a is. book over there. There totally talk. is. He has matches too that say vote Jones. Done. <laughs> we in it to win. Shit, I was prepared for this one. <laughs> but I, I love that. I just, it's just there's, yeah. there had to be pointed that out because it's such a, a weird yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. And I, I never, again, it's my mom really gave me the confidence that I really needed. Um, so when I, when I built my own confidence getting that campaign in high school, I was set. Like, that's yeah. exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to major in political science and then go into politics, um, city politics, and then work my way up. And so I was taking a bunch of courses and I had this professor um, who was very cultured. He was very, very cultured. And he just taught politics so well. He taught political science so well. But he was so miserable and he made me hate it. Like mm. not hate, not hate the, the content or everything that came with it, but just the lifestyle that he had. Yeah. You know, he, and was, he was brutally honest with he that. He was probably. very honest. He was very honest. And that's something that I really admired. He wasn't like sugarcoating anything yeah. like, hey, guys, I'm because a lot of these things are glamorized. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. Whether and especially you're coming into college, yeah. like all these career paths, like come with a lot of glamour. Yeah. Right. Like I remember I was trying to go into law. And then you speak to any lawyer and they're just like, bro, don't do it. Because what you what you end up finding out is that the law profession is all about billables. Yeah. It's like how many hours are you bringing in? It's not like a case and this, that, and it's the other. It's almost like the business of law. <laughs> yeah. 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 But every, like at the end of the day, it's all relative. Yeah, right? sure, but, sure. Um, it's crazy how teachers can really push us to believe and i feel like one of those things where like you have that presidency in your mind is is a very pivotal point in highlighting the fact that you literally took yourself from nothing to something mm -hmm. great right and that aspiration that anybody can be president is one of those like american dream-esque beliefs yeah. in the yeah. united states of america that anybody can become whatever they want, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Anybody can be president, mm -hmm. right? If we're looking at it from a very, like, goal-oriented view as mm -hmm. opposed to, let's take society into account. Mm -hmm. um, so what, like, how did your mind start shifting? Like, what was, like, was there a moment there where you started? No, I would, I really, really loved his class, um, and that was, like, the fourth poli-sci class that I took, Um and I, I, I loved his class so much. I went to all the, the like, extra credit uh, field trips or whatever. So I really experienced a lot of court cases with him. And I went to a lot of um, forums and panels. He really gave us the forefront of poli-sci, right, and for what it was. And he also was very vocal about his personal life and how he wasn't married and how he wasn't oh, wow. happy. He wasn't happy. He's been miserable for X amount Jeez, of years. He there, huh? Yeah, he's been miserable for an X amount of years. And he was just 
you know, really proud of his career, but also questioned if it was even worth it. Mm. So he said that because it was a sacrifice yeah. that he made. So he's like, if you want to do this, the, like he's been doing it, mm-hmm. but he sacrificed his happiness um, on that life sense. Mm-hmm. That's crazy for I a teacher to say. I took my hat off to him, though. I know. That. That's kind yeah. of crazy for a teacher to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to take it there. Yeah. Yeah. No, and he was great. He was great. And I really appreciated his honesty. And it was that that made me realize that, well, man, if all my life I really just wanted friendship and peace and happiness, I'm not going to get it with this career. And I can be number one, but what's that going to do? Right. And the only reason I decided decided to even pursue that on top of getting that um, campaign and being successful in my campaign in high school is that I really looked at everything for what it was and I was really disappointed with not getting FAFSA <clears throat> and not, you know, getting the opportunities that I that I saw kids get on TV and kids get on shows that that I grew up with. Yeah. You know, I didn't grow up with, you know, a backyard. I didn't grow up with people running. I didn't see people running um, around their block till I moved to the valley. You know, I was already wow. in my twenties. So I wanted to have everyone to have the same opportunities. I was already thinking with that mindset, like, okay, well, if I'm president, then I can do anything that I want until I took those classes and realized mm-hmm. that you really don't have all the control. There's other mm-hmm. positions. For that. Yeah. So anyway, the checks and balances are really yeah. coming to play. Yeah. <laughs> so thank um, God for that though. Right. Yeah. Especially absolutely. right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, after that, I I kind of hit like this crisis where I, I didn't know I was lost. Like, what do I do now? I can't, I don't want to pursue basketball. I did basketball my first year of college and it was cool. It was fun, but I didn't see a future. No, I was no, realistic. No, no WNBA status. There was no WNBA. There was a president. There was no WNBA future. <laughs> it was fun. So um, I was just really lost and thinking like, well, what am I good at? I'm not good at anything. I'm not good at anything. And the, they tell you in college, like, try everything and blah, blah, blah. But it's so hard because you can't get into the classes that you want. So you're stuck in the classes that you hate. So you just start learning what you don't like. But you feel like you're wasting all this time. Yeah. And so um, I got into psychology because everyone was like, you're going to love psychology, right? And it's true. Everyone loves psychology. I feel like it's so important, even though it's kind of like, I feel like psychology majors don't get the credit that they deserve. I get it. It's a pretty easy I think it depends on what get. you're like going in it for. True, right? that's true. Like, because there's a lot of people that go into psych and, and sociology, and they're just like, "I want the easy." Like, the the, the planners that like want the easy A to go to law school. Yeah, or whatever no, it's exactly, right, 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 right. it's exactly that. It's exactly that. It's very interesting if you look at it like from a from a passion point of view of like understanding human behavior. Yeah. and how tribes and cultures so important. are built. Yeah, it's so important. Don't mind me just here refilling my not at all little tea there. Um, but anyway, do you uh, want hot water? No, no, thank you. Um, so, oh yeah. So I was really lost and psychology, everyone was like telling me how good it is. So I, I took one class and I had an amazing professor. Um, and how he just made life look great. Mm. He was everything that the other teacher wasn't. He was teaching the, 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 he was teaching the subject and he was teaching it really well, but he was also talking about his personal life and how happy he was. And he just looked healthy. He was in his forties, living life, had four kids. His wife is beautiful. Wow. And he's just this college professor. And I'm thinking that's the life that I want. Mm. That's exactly what I want to do. So I took a bunch of courses with him. Um, and then I started thinking there's so many different lanes that you can take psychology with. So I wanted to go into sports psychology. I'm a big Laker fan, big sports fan. So I wanted to be 
the the traveling sports psychology sports psychologist for the Lakers. I wanted them to come to me to, with their problems, and if it's like key players, I wanted to really straighten them up and be like, hey, you know what? I understand what you're going through. Really empathize and be that person that's like, all right, Kobe, that's yeah. Kobe, it wasn't for me. He wouldn't have been there. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe you're doing it again. Kobe, come, come here. here. Sit down. We have to talk. You're doing it again. I wanted to be, and I grew up with the Kobe era. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like that's my idol. That's that's who was a workaholic for me and who made it just okay. And he was confident. Mm. So I wanted to be right next to those guys and just be that person that that makes a big impact in the way that they move. Mm. So I did that, and uh, sports psychology was really cool, but it wasn't. They didn't teach me what I wanted, what I thought I was going to learn with sports psychology. Like, this is how you get to becoming this person. It was just more so you look at what athletes do and you you look at why yeah. they do the things they do. It's not even you can give any advice or whatever. So after that, I was just like, mm, man, this doesn't look like it's There's it. There's nothing sexy no. over here, y'all. This <laughs> doesn't look like it's it. So I was... Um, just kind of like walking down the halls and seeing everything that the school offers. And they had a radio station, W-E-L-A. They have a radio station. And it was very old school. Like, this is modern. <laughs> what we have here <laughs> Shout out to is our very modern. modern. I feel you. They had the Home Alone hey, talk boy. Yeah, I got the the bootstrap modern. We, we in the mix over here. <laughs> it, was, it, was really, <laughs> it was really not what I thought it was going to be. You know, mm. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I, this is like, but this is where you guys do radio here. Like, this is old school. Yeah. Whatever. So one thing, I really, <laughs> one thing I really admire. One thing. Nails I really, being done emoji just thrown out. Uh, <laughs> whatever. I just didn't understand how you know this antique of a room was producing she, she, she radio. I I didn't understand it. So and you know. I, I, I every college Stepped student like a Brady, but like it was built during the Brady Bunch era. It was bad, guys. But you know what? I do hindsight. It's like there's no funding. There's mm. no funding, yeah. so I can't blame. They're working with with yeah. what they have. Yep. So anyway, I had I had classes in the morning, and I would listen to Power 106 every day, every day. Power 106. I just loved them for just making my mornings catch me up. This is before Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. I grew shout up out, with shout it. Shout out to Big Boy. Shout yeah. out to Big Boy, Liz Hernandez, um, Tattoo. I really love Tattoo. Grew up with those guys. What up, Tat? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Tito Ortiz, you know? There was a girl named Kool-Aid on there. Yeah. I just really loved everything about the station from morning to night. I loved how it made me feel. I loved the, the what they got to do. Like, these guys got paid to talk yeah. about Things that I normally talk about, things that I don't even know, you know? And I just didn't understand, like, I didn't, it didn't process to me, like, hey, Denise, you can do it too. You can be on the radio too. It just seemed like such a celebrity thing to where it's like, not a celebrity. Yeah. How am I going to get up there? I could be president, but celebrity not. Yeah. <laughs> it was that. <laughs> it was that. It was that. The celebrity looked a little too far for me. And so, um, but president yeah. of the world, I guess. President, it just seemed attainable. Right. Yeah. It seemed very to sign an executive it. order. I love it. <laughs> so I, I was listening to, to Power, and I was just like, man, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to do sports psychology anymore. And so I was talking to my mom about things, and she was just like, oh. I was like, we were, we've, all, we've always listened to, to Power 106, and we listen to Art LeBeau, right? Art LeBeau weeknights. She's like, oh, you know, maybe you should try being on the radio. And I'm just like, 
doesn't seem impossible now that you said it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, wait, say that again. (laughs) Sounded kind of nice, right? There it is. Sounded really nice. And so she kind of made it. My mom is is amazing. Like, there's no limits, there's no ceiling, there's no sky. She's just really good at letting us do anything that we want to do. So, at the time, I was going to college, working at Bank of America. Um, actually, I was working at Vision Shoes. I was working at a shoe store. I forgot about that. Lit. I was working at a shoe store. I was like Al Bundy. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Yo. Put me in a size three. No. Girl, you're size seven. <laughs> <laughs> it was that. Yo. Let me tell you, working at a shoe, at a women's shoe store is next level. <laughs> that was incredible, though. Wow. Somebody bring the size seven for her? I mean, three? <laughs> Working at a women's shoe store, it's a lot of that. You really put all your pride aside. Yeah. You bring it all the way down. You got like, those bunions you, coming at yeah, you, like, no, sitting in the just, No, like, you know what? I love my women. All, more power to them. But yeah. good God, we need to make sure that we're getting pedicures regularly and off make sure rip. that our feet are nice and smelling hey, good. Look, it, it's, like, Ooh. almost a game that females can't win because some of these shoes, especially, like, Oh, really yeah. Like it's uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, what women go through mm-hmm. Thank you in for putting these that. sexy shoes on, mm-hmm. it's like, imagine wanting to kill yourself mm-hmm. from the moment you leave in front of the mirror where you've established that, like, your Giuseppe's are lit or, like, whatever yeah. the fuck. No, it's, it's if I Look, if I was a chicky, I'd be a wedge baddie just, like, with wedges <laughs> on fleek. No, it's just, like, cozy no. as a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? It's bad. What we have to go through. Yeah, like, it's like walking out. Like red bottoms no. are cute, right? Respect They're really to y'all. cute. But they are the most uncomfortable shoe, unless you want to give me a free pair. You know, hey, but, what it do? <laughs> God bless. They're really uncomfortable. Really, really uncomfortable. But anyway. All respect to y'all for like putting your feet through that. Thank but you. Ladies, Get- if your feet's going through that, make sure they re up when Please. you go. When you go see the next, Yo. you know what I'm saying? So anyway, women's shoes, sh- women shoe salesmen go through the most. You have to go through the whole nylon thing. The nails are sometimes too long, oh, so they'd be cutting through the nylon. Oh, that and just so you got to deal with people. Exactly shit. what he said earlier with that Al Bundy line. You got to deal with people that don't know their size, and they're like in this denial. <laughs> like, like if I'm telling you, like if I'm telling you something you've never heard before, like. You know, that we didn't sell, it was a, such a small shoe store that we didn't sell like 12s or something like that. We didn't sell like the ones that they sell at Macy's. <laughs> She's doing her silent craziness. I'm just throwing an emoji out just like. I get the silent like shit right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh man! You guys do. You know what I'm saying? When they like. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, it was really tough. I'll just end that there. That was really good. good. So anyway. Uh, college and uh, the shoe store. I was trying to figure it out. And uh, she's like, oh, you know, you should just apply or you should just you go in there or whatever. I was already such a fan of the radio station that I was going there to win tickets, right? So, or to pick up tickets. So I would get up to the, the, the front desk mm. window and just wonder everything that could possibly go behind the doors there. 
everything from like the talent there, the radio personalities there, like everything. I was just super excited to see everyone behind the scenes. And, and so I called, oh no, I went there and I said, oh, you know, what do you have to do to, to apply or whatever to, to work here? And then she's like, oh, um, you can call this number. You call the number and I wanted to volunteer. I thought that was the thing. I didn't know what an internship was at the time. Mm-hmm. So I called to volunteer. They're like, oh, we don't take volunteers, but you can take advantage of our internship program if you're a college student. So I was like, oh, perfect. I'm a college student. So I applied. They're like, oh, just submit your cover letter and resume, your application cover letter and resume. I was like, all right, perfect. So I submitted that, right? Didn't get it. <laughs> and I didn't understand because I was coming in at a high, like, yeah, like I got my my student body president thing and I didn't get into college, but anything else that I really tried, I, I got for the most part, right? Yeah. So... I did that and I didn't get it. And I was really discouraged, but I was like, oh, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what could have happened. So I tried again the second semester, didn't get it again. <sighs> right. And I just didn't understand. I was, I was, I'm a very smart, smart kid at that time because I yeah. was a child um, or 18, young adult. But I'm really smart. I was, I was, you know, updating my cover letter, adding to my resume. Everything was appealing. Everything was neat. Everything was in one page. You know, the importance important. of squeezing everything in one page. I was to. thinking ahead yeah. for everything and yeah. making their life easier. And so when I didn't get it the second semester, I figured, okay, maybe I'm missing experience. Maybe they need somebody with radio experience yeah. off the back because it's, it's Power 106. It's the best radio station in the world. Like right. they need the best. So I called every radio station in Los Angeles from the IE to, you know, the to the San Fernando Valley, to Long Beach, <clears throat> every radio station. And um, every radio station was a co- was owned by a corporation, so that meant that they needed to, to make sure that their interns were receiving college credit and they were already too into the semester oh, yeah. to let anybody do it. That's the worst. Except for one radio station. This radio station is probably not one you've heard of, but it's KJLH Radio, 102.3 KJLH Radio Free. It's an R&B and gospel radio station. Nice. It's really, really cool. It's on FM dial. Okay. Um, but the reason it's smaller than the other ones is because it's owned by one person. It's, and it's owned by Stevie Wonder. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's owned That's by Stevie incredible. Wonder. So he can literally play anything that he wants almost. Um, That's amazing. And he keeps it going. Yeah. So I called. I'll say, hey, you know, would love to, you know, take advantage of your internship program. And then they're like, oh, well, we have an internship slash volunteer program. I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, when can I come in? They're like, you can come in on Thursday. Thursday is when we have our meetings. So I came in on Thursday. Being that I'm half black, half Mexican, off the back, I feel like you you get this idea of me that I'm just full Hispanic, mm. right? So I walk in, or maybe I'm just like a light skinned black who's privileged. Mm-hmm. So I walk in and it's all age ranges. I'm 18 at the time, but yeah. there's like 40 year olds and there's like 30 year olds. There's 20 year olds in the and, volunteer program, in the volunteer program. Oh, wow. It's not just like, it's not people working yeah. at the radio stations. It's literally people like me that just want to be in radio. Yeah. So I was just like, wow, this is a really eclectic age range here. You were, you were expecting to see just like a bunch of young kids. Yeah. People my age. Yeah. And so when I didn't see that, it was like a little strange. And when I walked in, it was all eyes on me. I didn't walk in late. It was just all eyes. Like I was the sore thumb that stood out. And so our, our, the internship coordinator there, he, he looked around the room and he got to me and he's like, oh, 
are you going to stay for this? And I was like, yeah, you know, just really optimistic. But in the tone that he said it in almost made it seem like she, you're not going to hang here. Or, you're, you know, maybe she comes from like a privileged background and she thinks she's going to be on air off the back. You know, those weren't, my, those weren't my intentions. And I feel like just him saying that and mm-hmm. it was little things like he gave me his back during the meeting. And I was kind really? of trying, it was really weird. It was really, really strange. Where do you think that was coming from? I think partially because that radio station's really all about starting from the ground up, right? And and bringing make, bringing the people, bringing the people all, and giving the people an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Giving the black community an opportunity. And off the back, he didn't know my background or my story, so it was almost like if you look at me, I look silver spoon fed, or, or to him, I look silver spoon fed. So Got he it. thought. Oh, she's just another one that wants to be on air. That wants to be on radio. Right. Get in. And it was nothing It was nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So I made it my goal to make him my best friend. Rather than feeling intimidated, I was going to show him, not tell him, but show him that I'm nothing of what you think I am. Like this idea that you have of me is false all the way. Yeah. So I did what I knew how to do, and that's hustle. So I, I started my mornings early. I was the first person in the office, and I was the last person out, right? Mm. And there, was, there, there came privileges with that because on top of doing street team work, which, by the way, nothing of that is paid for, and I'm not getting college credit. I'm not getting reimbursed for parking. I'm not getting mileage. Oh, wow. I'm not getting food. This is food. like the definition of just volunteer, like this, come and – yeah show up good for you yeah, yeah exactly there was no like no one's gonna oh thank you johnny for coming in no if you show up you show up and if you don't you don't there was yeah. no one taking log like it yeah. wasn't it's just like literally volunteered help exactly that yeah. and so rather than seeing it as like oh this is a pathetic radio experience i really wanted to take advantage of it as much as i could so i went to all the events and then i started making sure that i was needed like hey do you need um, do you need, you know, should I go get us, do you need some coffee or do you need, you want me to get you lunch? Like I made sure that I was being used, being used. Yeah. Right. And, and people are so afraid nowadays. I feel like even interns are so afraid today to feel used because it has such a negative connotation to it, but there's, there's some good in being used. Yeah. I think the, it's one of my pet peeves with fucking internships. Like, yeah. first of all, interns, anyone listening to this is going into an internship. You better be happy absolutely happy to get my coffee mm-hmm. like the value like you better be happy to get the assistance coffee absolutely like just but, being but, but explain the bottom lining up because there's like a silver lining to that just concept understanding where you are and getting in the door is number one mm-hmm. and it's what you make of those experiences absolutely getting someone's coffee there was a this studio and this guy who ran the studio he had, you know, interns come in to, to be engineers. So the first week, he would give coffee orders, and every day it would be a different order. One day this, one day, for a week, and that's all you did, or you, coffee, lunch, whatever. Mm-hmm. All different orders every day. If you messed up once, you were fired. Mm-hmm. And that was his way. He'd be like, well, if you can't even get my order correct, how the fuck are you going to be able to engineer this A-list artist's mm. record? Yeah. And... You pick and choose what you want to take pride in. Yeah. Absolutely. You could get the someone the best coffee and show up and have the best attitude and <clears throat> make their day starting out the jump and add value. If that's the most value you're adding, that's more than zero. Mm-hmm. I think the silver lining in that is if you're going to start somewhere from the bottom, nothing should be too small for you. Mm-hmm. That's the concept. Dude, yeah. my, right? My, that, that, that you... That, that, 
I feel like you were going with there. And also, like, even, like, shout out to the, the this coffee scenario is that <clears throat> when you're an outsider coming into an established tribe, if you will, right, not only do you have to, like, be willing and able and, and go for it doing everything, but you also have to pay attention to the most minute details. Oh like, if God. you're going to start something up, yep. like, how the fuck do I, like, would I feel comfortable as your superior putting you in a position where, like, you're actually now working for us if you haven't shown that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yes, a lot of kids are entitled, and, yet, and yes, it's that, that and the other, but, like, there are those that want it so bad mm-hmm. that, look, at the end of the day, nothing is guaranteed for any of us, no. right? Mm-hmm. But the simple fact that somebody can intern, whether it comes with complete triumph and, and trials and tribulations, or it, it, it's gotten through a finesse or just time, but like at any step in, in, in a path, especially in the early stages, understand this, like there's a reason you're being asked to go get coffee. Mm-hmm. Right, because if you're too big to go get coffee, like who, where the fuck are you at, man? When I just to that exactly, one of my favorite quotes of all time. I worked at Banana Republic, and and God, it was an Abercrombie, bro. Like, <laughs> yes, you're like hella swollen up right now, but I, and, didn't, I don't know, like a fucking Icelandic fucking <laughs> warrior. <laughs> you know what and, I'm saying? <laughs> I was I was I was working I was working late one night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the manager it was just me and the manager. We were the only ones there shutting down the store. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to go clean the bathroom. Like I was on my way to the bathroom, just like, okay, clean it up. That's one of the things you gotta check off the list. Yeah. And he's like, No, I got it. Um, you know, you go handle the register. I'm thinking like, you're the manager, I'm like just the fucking sales guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, you sure? Like, should you be handling the register? And immediately, just like without even hesitance, he said, if you're too big to do a small job, you're too small to do a big job. Mm. And that's oh, stu- that's good. Yeah. You're big, if you're, if say you, that one more time. If you're too big to do a small job, you're too small to do a big job. That's good. And that's stuck with me ever since. And that's like the through line of, uh, of that, that thing. And, and I think, um, it's so true. You can be running a, a business, but mm-hmm. you're still responsible for making sure the walls are clean. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway. Yeah, the, and, and no, that's perfect because, and I feel like walking in, when you come from where I come from, everything is is a win. Yeah. Everything is a win, right? Because there's nothing lower than that. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to go back to that. I could always fall back and go to my mom's house and go back to living in, you know, and still continue living in Compton. But that was never like I wanted to get out. I wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do something different. And working in Burbank or interning in Burbank really changed that for me. But before that, I was in KJLH. So KJLH is in Englewood. For those that don't know, it's on Manchester and La Brea. I think, it, I think those are the cross streets. It's beautiful, but it's also really hood. It's like in a really hood part of Englewood, right? And, and walking in, if you're not from a community that's similar to that, it's intimidating. So anyway, so being there... I really just wanted to, I, I, it came naturally for me to hustle. Like I didn't 
feel privileged or I didn't feel like, oh, I'm too good for this or no, I'm not going to do this. Like anything you needed, shoot, if you needed me to get you toilet paper because there's out, I'm going to go run and get that. That's the mentality that I had. So, and I, I had so much to prove. I felt I had so much to prove that I'm down for absolutely whatever, just because I felt like I wasn't giving the respect that I now demand when I walk into a room Mm -hmm. and it, you know, him telling me that really was like a challenge and it was a challenge that he didn't even know that he placed. Right. So I, I worked really hard. I, anything that he needed, I was there. I made sure that I was being used in the right way. And then at night I would stay and help out with the night show or anything that they needed at night, whether it's, you know, just watching, just being a fly on the wall. Mm -hmm. Honestly, as an intern, just being a fly on the Uh wall is the biggest compensation you can ever get. Yeah. It's the biggest compensation you can ever get because you're getting stuff. You're witnessing things. You're you're watching people speak, seeing their mannerisms, how they act on radio, how they act off the mic. Like there's so much that comes with it that you just don't ever get to see when you're just listening in your car or you're just listening listening in your Walkman, yeah. you know? So I was just grateful for every opportunity. And uh, I ended up building this really cool relationship with this guy, uh, the marketing director there. And he just really, really, I was like his go-to person, like, oh, Denise will take care of this or oh, she'll cover this event or X, Y, and Z. Um, while I was doing that, I also, uh, Twitter was just popping off. Like mm. Twitter was born. And uh, there, I was... Like every, you know, teenager, that's the first thing that you get on. And there was this lady who was who was from the East Coast who was looking for correspondence, West Coast correspondence, right? I didn't know what a correspondent was, but I Googled it. And it's just like, you know, well, now I know, you know, it's somebody who can cover events, cover carpets and whatever and put it on her blog. I didn't have to write anything. All I had to do was cover the event, right? Mm-hmm. So I was at KJLH. I was at ELAC. I was working now at the bank. I'm working at Bank of America. And, uh, and I have this little side gig that lets me really get a front row seat of the entertainment industry just going through to these events. I, my first event ever was like Lala's birthday brunch. Wild. And nice. I was like 18 at the time. And I'm just thinking like. Whoa. A silent celebrations <laughs> happening. Silent celebrations are taking place, y'all. <laughs> I was like. That's They're so going weird. on. We just wanted to let you know they were. Yeah. I have a bad habit of celebrating. It's lit, though. You can celebrate all you Like, in this moment, we'll just bring it to light. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's perfect. So I was, you know, I was at La La singing. I was just super geek. Like, this lady, what I've never met. I didn't even FaceTime her or anything. She just emailed me. I emailed her. She had me email me her resume. I mean, I emailed her my resume and my cover letter, and oh, she just wow. trusted me. Never met her. Wow. To this day, I've never met her. I love the internet. Wild. She just trusted me. And so I covered all her events, took pictures, did interviews. I had no experience whatsoever. And she just kind of trusted me and gave me that opportunity. So shout out to her. Her name is Fresh. Um, shout, out Fresh. shout out to Fresh, Whoever man. you are. Whoever you are, Wherever Fresh. You are. It's like Charlie's Angels. Yeah. And so anyway, so I was doing Hello, that. Hello, Denise. It's Fresh. <laughs> here's your, here's your event this weekend. You will be at the Beverly Hills Hotel at 2 p.m. <laughs> Have fun. Sincerely, Yo, Fresh. Yo. She could have been setting me up. Hindsight. Because I didn't know about any of these things. She just tell me what to do and I just do it. Awesome. I just trusted her. But anyway, um, so at KJLH, I, though I wasn't paid or compensated for my time, I was grateful for the experiences that I got there and the people that I got to meet. And 
meanwhile being there i was still focused on power 106 like that's still when i wanted what i wanted to do i never got comfortable yeah i never got comfortable and forgot like oh wait what about power that's still like in the back of my mind so i applied twice got rejected now i'm at kjlh and i'm getting all this experience so i apply a third time to power 106 and i'm like hey i've built this relationship with the internship coordinator there and i'm just like hey you know um good yeah good talking to you again i I, am submitting my application for the this semester i really hope i get it i have more experience now i'm i'm at another radio station blah 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 she's like oh it's great hearing from you um definitely hopefully you hear from us soon we'll reply we'll let you know if you got it in a week didn't get it i didn't get it again and i just didn't understand like i didn't understand what i was doing wrong if if all i was trying to do was help for free so i still kept hustling at kjlh that's still what i you know at the end of the day that's the only radio that i got yeah so i was running with that and it was the only thing that i will say that kept me sane do you know what that means because when you're a college student you're stressed in school and you have your job and you're stressed at your job and you're at home and you have your personal problems at home right and you have one thing, hopefully you have one thing. For some people, it's sports. For other people, it's, you know, getting messed up. Well, you know, whatever it is yeah. that keeps you sane, it's so important to keep that. And for me, it was radio. It was that time there. That's your, dream, why, your dream was tangible. Exactly. So I didn't want to, at no moment, though I wasn't getting paid and it was, I was investing a lot of time in it, mm-hmm. at no moment did it ever cross my mind, like, Okay, Denise, you have to let go of some things. I was more willing to let go of the bank and school than to let go of something that wasn't mm. even paying me. That's how passionate I was about just being in that environment, you know, yeah. and it kept me really, really. I had friends there that wanted to be in radio. You yeah. know, I, I, I built this relationship with, with some people that I still talk to today, you know. You need to have something that drives you, that wakes you up in the morning. Yeah, Absolutely. that was that. Absolutely, that was that. And so... Uh, while at KJLH, there was another mentor that I that I made along the way, and I shared a lot of the same. I felt like he came, he was like me in the future, right? Like he was just me, and I could be like him. He was mixed. He was in radio, and he was in hip hop radio. Now he's in R and B radio, and he has a family. And I'm just thinking, like, wow, you know, I it want could him. be done. That, that could, yeah, that could be me. Yeah, and. I told him, like, you know, I want to be at power and this and the other. And he kind of just always brushed it off. But I never realized he was brushing it off because we were always doing things, mm-hmm. right? And so whatever, time goes and I apply at power one more time, right? And I'm saying one more time because this is the time that I get it. So I applied a fourth time. I submit my cover letter, resume, and application. I have no idea what's going to happen. I, it's nothing that I haven't seen before. Everything is different, but yeah. it's not that different, right? And so... the. What makes this occasion special than the others is that, again, Twitter was popping off right now. And one of the radio personalities there, their overnight guy, tweeted, hey, I'm looking for bloggers. If you're interested in an internship, Mm -hmm. if you're a college student looking for an internship, you know, um, apply here. This is like 2 a.m. I'm doing my last scrolls. I'm in bed, like, comfortable as hell. And I'm thinking, like, Shout out to the last scrolls, Loki. Those last scrolls yeah. are key. So, <laughs> so, those are key, man. <laughs> those are so key. And yeah. so I was just thinking, like, I'm I'm not a religious person, but I'm spiritual. And I really do believe in signs, right? So I'm thinking, man, God, is this is this a sign that you know, mm. should I apply? Do I get up from bed? I've already submitted myself a fourth time. Should I do it again? So I got up, took a screenshot of that. I didn't reply to the guy. Um, I 
emailed t- uh, the internship coordinator there and I referenced, I, I referenced a tweet. So I was like, hey, I've already submitted my application and my cover letter, but you know, I saw one of your reader personalities uh, was looking for bloggers and I would really aspire to be like this individual. He's very young and he's like, he, I think he was the, or he is or was the youngest radio personality there at that time. Wow. So I just felt like that's perfect. Like this is my yeah. opportunity. Yeah. So um, she's like, oh, okay, great. Um, I'll make sure to relay the message. So sure enough, no one else referenced that tweet. So my application gets bumped all the way to Boom. the top. Yeah. And I'm just happy as heck. You scroll. Like, last scrolls. <laughs> Those last scrolls are a win. <laughs> Those last scrolls are a win for sure. And it was it was that moment that just you just never know. That's yeah. that that's I don't know if you guys have seen that that picture of this old man like digging, 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 digging. And he gives up and he's so close to getting what he wants, but he just got tired and he gave up. Mm. Like that's, I felt like that could have been that moment. And I always think about that whenever I feel like quitting or anything, I've never quit anything in my life. I've never quit anything in my life. And so I've always finished. And even if it's mentally, um, so anyway, uh, I, I put my application on top and she's like, hey, um, I put your application right on top. Uh, he, this guy's really interested in you. He's going to be giving you a phone interview soon in the next couple of days. Nice. Man, You're just geez, like Finally. Four yeah. semesters. Finally. This was like that ASB president thing. <laughs> Silent celebration. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I was geeked. Oh, my God. I was so geeked. I was so excited. And I got this interview finally, you know? And so I, I let my mentor know, you know, the, the guy that's mixed and I, that I could just relate with. I was like, man, you have to four semesters. I finally got it. I'm finally, you know, have an interview with Power. And he was kind of like really not giving me the vibes that I needed, right? He was very mm. just, mm, oh, well, you, oh. he's like, yeah, he made it seem like it was a bad thing. Like I messed up. He's like, well, you know, Denise, a lot of things are changing here at this radio station. And, you know, your, your growth has been really impeccable. And, you know, you're, if you go over there, you're going to be a small fish in a big pond. You're going to be overlooked. Like, mm. it's not going to be the opportunity that you want to take advantage of, right? And I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that as, like, <laughs> doubt. I didn't see it as, like, doubt or, like, oh, maybe he's right. I saw it as, like, you backstabbed me. Oh, wow. I took it very personal because... I had already voiced to him how important this was to me. Yeah. And you hit me. You're one of the first people I tell about this. And you hit me with that. And you're my men- You're somebody that I look up to. But and you're not he, You're not able to share this. The straight side eye. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I was able to find out later that he had, I think, applied or worked at, at that radio station for some time or a while. But he got let go. And then he was also at another hip hop radio station that got closed down Mm. so he was in a way placing his fears on me or maybe whatever backlash or any negative experience that he had he was kind of placing on me like oh well you know it's not the best idea which sucks you should never do that to somebody you should never not when someone's just like coming in like i got the interview like "Mm, did you (laughs) yo i was hot i was so hot because now i really wanted to get out but shout out to your conviction as well though you know what i'm saying because i feel like there's also people in these positions where if you're solely looking for the validation mm-hmm. of elsewhere, like it could like imagine like that that in and of itself, putting it into somebody else's perspective, like if you're swayed by that, 
looking back at it, like that's that's a life moment that's dictated not by your own device. Yeah. Right. And I feel like that's something that a lot of us go through, right? And and in in your becoming up to this point, like this is something where I was like, look, you've been through the world and back. You've had your own experience growing up. But this was something that you you literally driven everything towards, mm-hmm. right? So it was one of those scenarios where regardless of how close or how all of these things this ex-person was, you weren't going to be deterred no, absolutely if you got not. it. Yeah, absolutely not. And and again, it's it's one of those things where I was just building that confidence and I was just building that self. I was mm. just building self. Mm-hmm. And this person who I really trusted really let me down. I don't have a big circle. I've never had a big circle. I mentioned earlier that my mom made us all feel like we should never trust anybody. And that was proving me right. Mm. Like, this is why I can't trust anybody. Like you really just messed me up right now. So now I'm super excited about that. I'm focused on this power interview. I'm kind of having like, I'm not as consistent with school and I'm not, I'm bank of America was great. God bless the, the, the management there because I was doing so well with sales that they let me do whatever I want. Mm. They let me do whatever. I want. They let me plan my schedule. They, I would walk in late all the time to bank of America. Cause I didn't, it wasn't important yeah. to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they never, they, I would walk in running and showed hustle and they were like, Oh, Denise, you're late again. I was like, I know, I know, but I'm going to open one, one credit card today, you know, and you're, you know, whatever. So they were just really proud of me. Yeah. Right. And so when I told them what I was doing, I was like, oh, I have an internship with radio and I'm doing this at college. They were just like, they were these older people that yeah. were like, wow, you're doing something that I wish I could have done. Yeah. Like, that's dope. Let's Hold on, keep she's doing following that. her dreams. Let us like yeah, support, support it. this. Yeah. yeah, they were really They could have easily been like, well, you're fired. Uh, that's great for you, Yeah, yeah. Miss Jones. They could have. But uh, the Jones campaign is over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take your toilet talk elsewhere. They could have. <laughs> they <laughs> they could have. They really could have, and they didn't. They were so supportive. Incredible. God bless them. That's a blessing for sure. And it was just money that I needed. Money that kept me going. So anyway, um, I got the I got I did the phone interview, and and the guy's like, oh well, you know how much experience do you have with blogging, right? And I the only experience I had was with MySpace. With the backgrounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, I have a little bit of experience, you know? And he's like, all right, well, what are your music interests? And I knew everything that they played at Power, so I mentioned everything at Power. And so he's like, okay, great. I um, would love to bring you in for an interview in the ra- uh, at the station. And I was like, oh, my God, would love to, whatever, right? So we set it up, and I knew he was looking for a blogger. So I'm, I'm really good at keeping keywords in mind. I might not remember a name, but I'll know, like, the, the p- highlights yeah. of your conversation. So... He wanted bloggers and I had no blogging experience. So what I did is I started a blogger. I started a WordPress and I started a Tumblr at the same time. And I was very consistent from that day to when I got my <laughs> Yo, interview. Yeah. I started putting up music. I started <coughs> make turning initiative. One, yeah. Oh, yeah. I started turning one into a blogging diary entry so he could know that I'm personal. And I started writing about like fashion and stuff. So just so he could see my writing in different levels. Yeah. And I, I, it was very well written by the way. Like there was no, there was the spell check was on point. Like, uh. There was no typos. I was like really, really on my stuff. And so <laughs> very good use of semicolons. Oh, I'm silently celebrating over here. <laughs> Shoulder <laughs> shimmy, chest <laughs> jiggle. You feel me? <laughs> celebration no and what made it even what i was really smart about which 
now that I think about it, it's just, it's crazy to think that I did that. But I would use the events that Fresh would give me. And I took so many pictures for her that I had to send. So on my blogs, I saved all those pictures. Awesome. And I put them up. And I was just like, oh, I attended this event and blah, blah, blah. Ooh. So I made it seem like it was my own. Nice. And I was just super like on yeah. it. Like, I, yeah. I, I, you I got th- the op. You were ready to go. Like happy. there's nothing stopping me here. I was happy. And so um, I come my interview. Um, I, I got there 30 minutes early because from Compton to Burbank, it's kind of far. And so I, I didn't want to. Leave a bad impression. Yeah. So I get there and I'm waiting. I'm 30 minutes early and I wait an additional hour. So at that point, I'm waiting for almost two hours <laughs> right before they see me. I'm not. Re- I'm not even feeling discouraged. I'm just excited. Like everyone that I see cross, like oh, this person's just coming into their shift. I'm just. You're like, giving those phantom I'm head nods, like, like yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I see you. Yeah. Hi. Yo, I'm just happy. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was doing that, a lot of that. Toes <laughs> <laughs> twinkling and shit. <laughs> I was just grateful to just You be see there. the one chick you sold a size 12 shoe to and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was a funny story. Ever. No, but so I was just so happy. And this was the day that I got to be behind the front desk. You know, for a long mm, that time. That moment. Yeah, this is that. This is like that student body president I'm getting, you know. And I'm just super excited. And so I get there. They finally open the doors. And um, it's like a pop-up book. I wish, I, I wish you were there to just experience that. So it's like I'm rubbing shoulders with, like, people. These big boys, like, crossing. But he's, like, crossing from a distance. And it's just... I just see everything, the pictures on the walls and their concert pictures. Sensory overload. So you're just seeing... You're, I'm at that moment... It that walk from the the receptionist door to the studio where I was interviewing, that walk played such an impactful role in my life than the interview did. Wow. Because, you know, you have to keep in mind, like the, you see pictures taken on the on the Power 106 website because there was no social media. So I would look on power106.com a lot. And you see pictures with artists and you see the Power 106 backdrop wall and you see you know, everything that these guys are, are taking in, the scents, the, 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 the pictures, the walls, they had colored walls, like everything that they were taking in is what I was experiencing for the first time in my life. Incredible. And it was just, it was amazing. If, if that's all I got from that interview, I would have, I probably wouldn't have been happy, but I would have been grateful. Yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. So I get to the studio and it's, it's the on-air radio personality and it's, and it's a producer, I think it's its producer. And, uh, they asked me three questions about blogging and bed codes and I'm on it, right? Because I'm familiar. They're like, yeah. oh, we got a chance to see some of your work, blah, blah, blah. The interview itself only lasted five minutes. Oh. So they're like, oh, okay, thank you. You'll be hearing from us soon. We'll contact you. So I'm leaving and I'm leaving with the biggest feeling of failure. Why? Because it was five minutes. Oh, just because it was just like how do you not, anticlimactic? Yeah, yeah like yeah. how do you get... I hope I, I, I was at that time, I was just hoping that in those five minutes, I gave everything that I possibly could, could, Yeah. you know, because how do you t- sell yourself in five minutes? Yeah. You answer their questions, but they didn't even ask to really like get to know you. They were yeah. vibing you out. So I'm just confused. Like what, what happened? Did, yeah. they, did I do something wrong or whatever, whatever. So now it's taking me like an hour and a half to get home. And I'm just contemplating the entire thing, running the interview back, playing basketball really allows you to like, and any sport playing yeah. sports really allows you to yeah. 
run, run, run things back. Yeah. 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 So I'm trying to every hand gesture, everything. I'm just like overthinking everything, making sure that I did everything right. And I felt like I failed. I just felt like this was my one opportunity after four attempts and my chance, I blew it. Right. Mm. And, um, I get a call back. I get a call back and I was, it was the happiest moment of my life, man. Oh. Incredible. It was the happy. I was in the car driving, leaving KJLH. And this is when like there was, I didn't have Bluetooth. I was driving a bucket. So I had it on like, on call and I parked the car and I was just like <laughs> they're like oh you got the gym I was just like <laughs> yeah. silent celebration silent oh, celebration again I was stoked I, I felt like I won the lottery I, I was I was it was just the best feeling in the world it was the same feeling I got when I was when I got student body president no when I got something that I really worked hard for and it, there's a quote that says like you know sometimes it takes 10 years to get that one year that makes it all worth it. Absolutely. And that was that. Like, it took four semesters for me that made everything all worth it. Like, I've, after getting it that time, like, at that very moment, mm -hmm. I didn't even care how many times I applied. I was just happy to get it. So I'm super excited. They're asking for college credit, right? I'm like, oh, it's easy. I'm a college student. So then I, I go to my school, ask what the internship cor uh, course is that I need to take, and then they hit me with, we're going through budget cuts, oh. right? So I'm just like, are you kidding me? So it was myself and another young lady that got the internship. I was going to community college at the time and she was in the USC Annenberg program. Mm -hmm. So, she, and she was like older than me. Like I was 19 at the time and she was like this, I think 22, 24 year old. She's over 21, just really glamorous girl. Right. And she's also biracial, but she's half black, half white. So she's just, to me, she was just a really beautiful girl. And I was just like, man, like how am I going to compete with that? Like, that's, <laughs> This girl is like advanced, right? And so I, I get hit with budget cuts. She got hit with budget cuts with her school that same year. So she was honest about it. She let the internship coordinator know that, hey, I'm not receiving, I'm not able to receive internship credit until the next semester. So the internship coordinator is like, all right, perfect. We'll save your spot until the, until the fall. So I was like, all right. Well, she's not coming to the fall. That means I'll have all the summer with, with these guys. Like I'll um. show them that. You know, I'm more than capable of doing anything. Yeah. I want to be that right-hand person again. Nice. So, but I'm going through budget cuts. So I called the, the community college that I was going to. Um, they have this really big district. So you're able to go to a bunch of different schools and the, the credits just transfer easy. Mm -hmm. So I called a bunch of schools to see if they were offering internship credit and they were all too into the semester to let me in, even to just get an ad slip. I couldn't get an ad slip. There was one school. There's always one. Always one. There's always, always one, one. y'all. There's always one. You just have to keep calling. So Stevie I, Wonder's School of Music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not Stevie Wonder. It's actually Pierce College in Woodland Hills. Wow. So I'm like, all right. That's the school that's offering it. That's perfect. Well, that week I get into a car accident, so I don't have a car anymore. It wasn't my fault. It was the other person's fault. So I'm like, all right, maybe this is a sign from God. I do need some money right now. Like, Perfect. Maybe, yeah, this is going to be perfect. Well, my car was sold total that that money was only going to be enough to either get me another bucket or to fix all of it that messed up. I think it was like the transmission that got messed up. So there was no oh, coming back. Yeah, yeah. There was no coming back. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God. I finally got this inter this internship course. So I had to take three or four metros to Woodland Hills from Compton. Wow. Oh, my God. Do you think Woodland Hills is far from anything? Try oh. from, like, practically Long Beach yeah. because I lived in the tail end of Compton, yeah. closer to Long Beach. Wow. So I, it was like a three-hour metro. That's insane. Yeah, it was a three-hour metro. Mm -hmm. oh. But 
and I had it, and it was three days a week because the summer course, it's like Fuck. super short. So what I would do is I would take the Metro in the morning for three hours, one way, three and a half hours, one way and take three or four different metros, get to Woodland Hills, and it's hot out there. I'm not familiar it's with the valley. It's hot as shit out oh, there. I'm not familiar with the valley, so the all valley I saw was cactus. The super hot. All I saw was cactus coming from where I grew up, where and there's Pierce, barely like, any And Pierce has like, this like, fucking like, pseudo farm they out do. of nowhere. It's, <laughs> like, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> they make it look very like, I'm not in California anymore. Like, yeah. I'm somewhere, and yeah, I'm in Arizona. You're literally like Nebraska somewhere. Yeah, Nebraska, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, so it was, it was wild to me because... I didn't see any of those plants out there and it was hot and it's summer. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. So I did the course. And then after I finished the course, I would take the Metro to Burbank. Um, and I would just stay there until the radio personality got there and he did overnights. So he wasn't there until late, late, but I was just happy to be in the station. Yeah. I was just happy to just be sitting down and not bothering anybody. Yeah. Like, and I was, they have conference rooms and stuff, and I was just there. And when they asked me to leave, I would just go to the kitchen, or I would just wait in the bathroom, or I'll walk around Burbank. I was telling you, I walked around Burbank because Burbank looks looked like a utopia <laughs> to me. Isn't that crazy to to think that it's it looks so nice? Like the sun seemed like it was shining brighter. <laughs> the grass, Yo. the grass, and the plants were cleaner. For real, okay. just. People were running. That's the first time I saw somebody run just out in the street. Wild. Because in Compton, you don't do that. Yeah. You don't do those things. It's dangerous. I grew up around prostitution. I grew up around poverty. Like, things that those kids have no idea no. about. So when I got there, I was just like, man, this is so cool. I would walk to, like, a coffee shop and this and the other. I was just happy to be in a community yeah, that was yeah. different. And so I did that for three, I did that for the semester, right? And then fall came, now I'm with this girl. Now I, I have, I'm a one-up on her because I've been here longer. Yep. I have more experience. So I'm confident. My confidence is at an all-time high. And um, I left Bank of America, obviously, because I wasn't going to be able to do that. Yeah. Left Bank of America, and they were really supportive. But I'm broke as hell. Mm. I'm super poor. And... Um, Oh, yeah. So the girl's like, she's pretty good, but she's almost like one of those like, oh, well, I'll just do the bare minimum. Right. And I'm like, oh, oh the bare minimum is two blogs. I'm doing 16 blogs a day. Right. <sighs> I'm that person because I just wanted yeah. to make sure that they needed me. Yeah. So then the winner comes and she finishes her semester. Right. She finishes her two. You can only internet power. I forgot to mention. You can only shout out to the siren. Yeah. Shout out every, to the siren. No, Every time a pivotal moment happens, like we get that. It's, well, this is it. This is pretty important yeah. here. Yeah, every time. 16 blocks is fucking important too. Lightweight. Oh, it's like stuck there. This is very important. <laughs> very important. There's no silent celebration going on right now, by the way. Anyway, so you, <laughs> you only get two semesters to intern at Power or any corporation, right? You only get two semesters. And she, she was, uh, the girls, I got to give it to her. She was very honest. I don't know what her goals or ambitions were, but mine was to be at power. That's what I really, really wanted to yeah. do. And hers might've not been. So she, she, for all I know, this was her first time applying and she got it right. Cause it's, that's kind of how she was treating it compared to me. I didn't want to lose this opportunity. Yeah. So after the winter ended, um, technically after the fall ended, my internship program had ended, but I didn't, they weren't keeping logs or anything. So I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just stick around till I get kicked out. So then the winter comes and she leaves, right? I'm like, oh, sure enough, they're going to tell me, all right, Denise, this is your time too. Nobody told me anything. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to stick around. I can't get college credit though anymore. Hopefully it's not a big deal. So I'm like sticking around for a whole year. 
just helping out, like doing a bunch of things, like doing the same things I would do as an intern, blogging, just being the and person. No one's really keeping track. No one's like, keeping track. Like, hey, so anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So did it? Yeah. Can, can you get that? Okay, perfect. <laughs> no one's keeping track. So I'm like, all right, that must be cool or whatever. I didn't think it was a big deal, and so they were joking around or somebody was talking whatever about an internship and I don't know how it was brought up that wait you're still here and I'm just like oh yeah I am I didn't think it was a problem um I just you know didn't want to lose this opportunity like oh my god I can get in really big trouble for this like you know technically it's wow it became a thing yeah it became a thing like technically it's illegal right and I'm just like illegal the hell like <laughs> you're like i'm i'm just like in coffee <laughs> i didn't know what the hell that i'm helping <laughs> i'm just helping i'm just going to go to go to jail for helping so i'm tripping i'm like really bugging at this point because i'm like i, I didn't want to get anybody in trouble so right, then i have right. a meeting with like the like pretty much like the main honchos or whatever right and they're like oh denise you can't be you technically you can't stay because you're working for free and at that point it's you have a right to sue or whatever and i'm just kind of mm. like well, why would I well, want to good, sue well, my good, favorite good, station? Good for me, but like... Yeah, I was like, oh, you know, I, I just really want to be here or whatever, like this and the other. I would never, it never crossed my mind to sue. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to just be here and I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I applied four semesters and I, I built this relationship with you, the internship coordinator, and I just didn't want to lose it. And so she's like, I understand that, um, but, you know, you're going to have to talk to the radio personality, personality and see if he wants to bring you under his wing because you can't continue with this internship anymore. Mm. So I was like, all right. So I was pretty confident that he was going to say yeah. And sure enough, he said yeah, because we had already established a relationship for a year. Awesome. And so he's like, yeah, of course, I don't have money to pay you. But, you know, if you want to stick around or whatever. I was like, man, I would just love to stick around. I got, I, I could do the same thing that I'm doing now. So God bless him. He has really like he really put me under his wing. Um, so he was just always like I'm, I'm, I'm visually like somebody who just learns by watching. I don't yeah. have to, you don't have to talk to me. I don't want to be an annoyance like. Any gig that he got, any photo shoot, like I was, I always had a role. Even if it's like Denise, oh, can you please grab us lunch or whatever? If it's just to make his life easier, that's what I wanted Absolutely. to be, right? So, going back home, it was it was weird because I had like this Hollywood thing, right? Because I was posting on at this point, um, Instagram had just kind of started, and I'm just posting a bunch of things, and you get this weird stigma that you're like rich. Right? Like, oh man, you're yeah. sold, oh, you're popping. you sold out. Yeah. You sold out yeah. or whatever, right? And I'm just thinking like dog what? Yeah. Like I I'm poor as hell. And it's weird because a lot of like the people that I would kind of grow that that I grew up with, not that I went to school with, but like just amongst my community, because I was still living at home, kind of made me feel like I was like I had a too good thing going on. And I was, mind you, I'm hustling. Like, yeah. buses left and right. Like, so I'm, I'm hella humble right now. And I'm just thinking, like, really? And it was, I didn't know then that it was just like, you, you could do this too and you're not. So you're probably just hating. Like, you just, you yeah. wanna do this, but for whatever the reason, there's this, there's this bad stigma that the hood gets that it's so bad to sell out or it's so bad to, to want to strive to yeah. be better. Mm. You know, it's bad to want to get out. Like, why is it bad to want to get out? Yeah. It's not great here. Yeah. It's cool. And I'm grateful. Mind you, my upbringing, we didn't come from a, like a lot, but we had enough. Yeah. We had everything that we needed. We had the tools to get up and go. If yeah. you decide to stay here, that's more than fine, but that's just not what I wanted to do. And it yeah. sucked that I was, I didn't feel like I was getting 
the support that yeah. I feel like I would have given anybody. Like if I was somebody that was just sitting down, like just one of my friends, I was still in the hood that was sitting down and just thinking like, man, I want to be like her. I want to do what she's doing. I'd ask like, yo, how, how can I do what you're doing? Or what is it that you do? Yeah. You know? And so anyway, I'm going through that and I'm just thinking like, I got to get out. I got to get out of this. I got to move to the Valley. I got to find a way to make it work. I'm not working. So I don't know how I'm going to make some money. So I started doing like a bunch of side gigs. I started doing promo, uh, promo work. And as a, as a lady doing promo work is, is cool, but it's not like, I never, one thing my mom always was really smart about is teaching me like never to compromise your principles Mm -hmm. for whatever the amount it is. Like you'll just make it work, work at McDonald's, you know, if that's the case, but don't ever like feel like you have to do more, you know, like you have to sex sells, we get it, but you don't have to do that. And so being a pro- and that's something a lot of like females, especially in, in, in this game and any entertainment facet, like don't have a person that's driving them in yep. that direction. Yeah, because it's so, so it's, easy. It's, it's, it's trial and error, mm-hmm. right? Where a lot of people get into that, like not a lot, but like it's a possibility yeah. to believe certain things where yeah, you're gonna you're, get more likes this way. Yeah, and it's true, you are. But are those the likes that you want? Yeah. You have to pick and can you your live ballot. with that? Yeah. And I, and I couldn't. And being the, the introvert that I was, even though I was like, you know, I had my, my times of popularity and my times of really, really a lot of neglection, um, I, I, I walked in with that in mind and doing promo, it's like you're selling things or whatever. But yeah, you know, you also get these guys that want to take pictures with you. And I never compromised anything. Like I was never like showing cleavage, wearing short shorts, or showing my midriff, which is totally fine. If that's what you want to do, that's just not my vibe. Yeah. So I had to really find these extra promo gigs um, to like that let me wear whatever I want or gave me at least a T-shirt and I'm going to sell your product. You know, if it was like Red Bull, if it was like I did promo for... Coca-Cola, I did promo for a bunch of different companies that I all got off of Craigslist. Craigslist is cool, but you just got to be safe. Yeah. You got to be yeah. really for safe. Real, you got to be smart about what you're doing. Because w- it was through Craigslist when I didn't have a car that I told you. <laughs> it was through Craigslist. I, I, when I didn't have a car, I was like going through a lot. And I, I wanted to get a car for $1,500. And somebody was like, oh, you could get out, you know, I'm selling this car for 1500 but I'm outside of the country. I can't sell it. I mean, I can't be there to give it to you, but just send me the money and I'll send you the car. Send it through Western Union. That's what I did. Oh, no. I got raped for the only $1,500 that I had. Oh, no. So I had hit like a bunch of lows. I didn't have a car. I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, my problems at home. It's just, it just, I was telling you, like, yeah. just when you hit the bottom, just when you think, like, all right, this is the bottom. Yeah. It's another level. Yeah. You know, and then, then, then it's another level. And you're just like, man, like, how low is this? Yeah. You know, and, and I went through, like, a really interesting time because I, I never, it never crossed my mind. Like, suicide never crossed my mind or hurting myself never crossed my mind. But I began to understand the mentality of, of someone who's in that state of mind. You know, like, ah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Siren. Yeah, for real. Right on time. They know. They, they know. <laughs> they know. <laughs> right on time. Hope you're safe out there. Thank you. Right on time. So, though it never crossed my mind to do it, I was in such a low that I just realized, like, I really thought, like, all right, well, I have no money. Yeah. 
I'm very in debt. I, I'm having problems at home. I'm not like, I'm pretty much dropped out of college. Like I, I'm in and out of college. I'm not taking the courses that I should be taking. Mm. I'm not doing anything with my life. Like I could understand. I could understand how somebody gets yeah. into that mind state. Like this That's is when it. Yeah, Especially when, when, when you're unable starts. to speak about it. Right. Yeah. Like, and you can't because talk about like, it. Yeah. No, everyone's gonna, everyone sees you as like, you know, this thing you're, you're putting yeah. this perception, right? This yeah. is before Instagram where yeah. the perception is at an all time high. Yeah. This is when like the perception is Denise is always out of the house. Denise is doing something right. Because she's not, she's never home. Yeah. And little do they know it's like, well, Denise isn't making any money. Denise isn't even going back to school or she's not even in school right now. So it's like, Hmm. Well, what's next like what's next i'm not gonna I'm not gonna hurt myself yeah. but what's gonna make me get up or wake up from this mindset and i went back to it's almost like i was going backwards yeah. it's almost like i was going backwards and it sucked because it was taking a toll on my family and my grandmother was the one that really realized like what you know what the fuck like you, you know, you. What do you mean you're not going to school? And what do you mean you know you're broke? You're not working anymore. And this and the other. And I grew up very, very, very close to my grandmother. She's actually my godmother, and um, she's like my best friend. Like she's, she's the tiniest lady that looks very much like me. She's a, she's the closest person in the family that really looks like me. Where I'm yeah. like proud. I'm so proud, you know. And it's like looking at her is like looking at myself, and so. She's just really disappointed in me. And I was always like the, the 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 trophy kid. I was always the one that, hey, you know, this is the example. And for the first time, for the first time in my life, I'm not the example, mm-hmm. you know. And so, like, it's one of those things where her knowing my situation made it even that much more real. Yeah. Right. And so um, I was talking to Mondo, who's the radio personality that I was working with. Mondo, if my mom knows a lot about everything that I've been through, but that man also knows, like, I'm never one to voice my problems. Yeah. But because we work so closely together, by nature, he was just going to know, like, yeah, man, you know, what's what's going on? Your vibe is off. Yeah. And it was on some, like, man, you know, frankly, I'm broke. Like, I've never been more broke. I can't afford to come up here. You know, I don't even know how I'm making it work. I'm doing promo gigs. I'm, like... There's different apps that you can get money. So I'm like writing these students papers for 50 bucks and I'm, you can pick up groceries through Craigslist. Like sometimes they'll request like certain things. Oh, so you're just thugging on Craigslist. I'm just, yeah, this yeah. is before Uber. Yeah. Oops. This is before Uber. This is before like everything that you can do now, all the little side jobs that you can do now. This is before that. Yeah. So I'm just thinking like, you know, I'm running out of time. Like I'm running out of time. I can't do any more of these promo gigs. So he's like, all right, well, you know, what about if you do street team? Cause I knew he did street team mm-hmm. and he's had a, his own journey, but it's just, I just felt like his journey was, was just, it looked nicer, you mm. know, but you never know. You never Everybody's know. Everybody's does yeah. when you're not in it. Yeah, exactly. You know exactly. So then he's like, Oh, I should do street team. So I tried out for street team and I got it. Like I was really happy about it. I got it. And that's where I learned how to host. I learned how to DJ. And my, my dad was, is a DJ. So he already had like that background. And Music was something that I always grew up with. So hosting came by second nature. Like I was hosting events. I was building relationships with Jiffy Lube and with Del Taco and with McDonald's. And they were giving us all these coupons and I was still jack broke, right? So um, I'm, we're doing all this promo gig, promo gig, promo gig. And I'm doing all this stuff with, with uh, the street team. And, and I'm, at, I'm still helping him with his brand. 
I'm just doing the most, right? But I'm just happy to be in the lifestyle. I'm just yeah. happy to be doing what I want to be doing. I'm just not getting paid for it just yet. So uh, I went on a trip with uh, Mondo to the iHeart Radio Music Awards, right? Went to Vegas and uh, we, I, I met these two girls there and I moved in with them, right? Because that, that was like my, my only chance. I moved in with them for $500 a month. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do it. Yeah, like, I don't I know how. To. I've been able to make yeah. certain money and 500 is like something I can easily give up. Yeah. So I was living with them. I was finally living in the valley. So I was just happy like damn, this, I'm doing it. Like, I'm doing it, yeah. but I'm not doing it the way that I want to be doing it, but I'm, I'm doing something, yeah. right? And something's being and, done. Mm-hmm. And it's rarely the way you want to be doing it. Like, yeah. when, when you're on that path, it, it like, what you have in your mind is very rare of like yeah. how it actually goes down. Yeah. Real quick, I want to ask, did you ever want to give up at any point and just say like, Absolutely. hey, let me just apply for this nine to five. I know I can get it. I know I'll get a check. And I need money right now. The dream has got to got to sit on the side. Yeah. Um, Bank of America was so good to me mm-hmm. that I maintained that relationship with them. I hit such a low that I, but I was being perceived as just killing it. Like, oh, Denise. Wow. Denise is finally doing her job in radio. So nobody knew of my struggles. I'm never one to voice my struggles. Right. Um, so I, I talked to my old banking center manager and I was like, oh, we should do dinner just to catch up or whatever knowing damn well I didn't have any kind of money to catch up for dinner. And I, I wanted to be the one to pay for it, but I wasn't in that position. So my goal in setting up that dinner was to ask for my job back. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I hit a low when I realized that, when I planned that, because it felt like I was going backwards, but I was like, no one's going to know. You know, I'm going I, 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 to work there for a couple months and I'm going to get out. Yeah. So I go and I have dinner with her and she's so happy to see me. And she's just like talking about everything. And I'm like, how's, how's Bank of America? She's like, man, it's, it's horrible. You did the best thing by leaving. Oh, I no. wish I could do what you did. Oh, no. <laughs> and oh, and no. I'm just like, this is not what I planned. So she's like, yeah, you know, it's you, you know, so admirable that you left. You know, I'm actually getting ready to go myself. Like, oh, and I'm just like. This is not like I wanted to go. Do you ever watch The Office? It's my favorite show. My favorite show ever in the world. And it's like the humor of The Office hits the core of my being. That, okay, that's perfect. That, I love The Office for that reason. And that scene reminded me of like a Michael Scott moment where it's like, we need to go. Like, I need to go. I need to get out. I need to go. We need to go. Like, where he has like his facial expressions where he's like, And he just like leaves. The greatest. And that's exactly what I felt. I just felt like, what? <sighs> like this was my lifeline. Life this was my lifeline here. Yeah. I embarrassed myself first and foremost <sighs> because I was about to ask for my job back. <sighs> and she's telling me it's not good, right? So at that moment, I saw that as a sign. Like, you know what, Denise? You can't go back. Like, you can't go back. This is, this is God saying you can't go back. Like, mm-hmm. make it work. You've made it work in the past. Like, just make it work. So, I'm, I'm now I'm paying rent and it's like a debt now for me, right? Like oh, I never shit. was, I never was behind in rent, but I was struggling to just make ends meet. So I was, remember I said I was having, I was doing these events with Del Taco and, and with McDonald's through the radio station, right? Yeah. Through street team. They would give us these coupons. So I would, I was living off of free Del Taco's 
one Del Taco a day for like three and a half months. Oh, damn. One meal or one taco? One taco. One taco a one day? Taco. And sometimes, because I had to be mindful of like how many I had. Yeah. So, and if I was really hungry, then I would go and get a second one at another Del Taco. But for the most part, I would like eat my, my dinner would be sleep. I would go to sleep early so that I don't have to eat. And so I was doing that. I was doing street team. I w- I'm not going to school, obviously. Um, but I still have, I, I'm, I haven't been out of school for too long. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, I'm working with Mondo and I'm doing, I'm helping him with this show and his producer is leaving to New Jersey. So there, that role needed to be filled. Right. And so since I was always there, they trained me to, to do different things. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up becoming the head night producer at 22. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And that was a, that was a really impactful moment because yeah. Silence. The silence celebration. <laughs> it was i was so proud of that moment because it made everything feel like i was doing something right like all the struggle and stress that i was going through it was all paying off you know like we say a lot so much of the journey is like surviving in the desert long enough till the rain comes yeah Yeah. and that's that's just what it is like Mm -hmm. it's gonna come yeah you don't know when, you don't know how long. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's also worth it to say, like, look, like, yes, it is a reality that sometimes it doesn't come. Yeah. yeah. Right? So yeah. it's like, that's that fine balance of... But you just stay prepared. Yeah. You have to. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, look, like, sometimes, like, the parents' worry is true, mm-hmm. but there's others where it's like, if your dream is strong mm-hmm. and you need to pivot one way or another, but, like, you're going to go through the depths mm-hmm. of yourself Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying to really like figure all that out and it's one of those things where it's like the only way dreams become a reality is if like you really make them yeah i mean and no one path to a dream is the same so Mm -hmm. it's like there's no like set playbook and like persistence and like work hard and all that like yes they're staples, but they don't guarantee a goddamn mm-hmm. thing. It's yeah. fucking survival. Yeah, like you have to. It, it's it's the work hard, but it's like I gotta also like make it work. Eating one taco a day is yeah. not really about working hard. It's about like figuring out how I'm going to make yeah. it to tomorrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that's such a huge element of it. You know, it's it's the perseverance, but also just the reality of I need to fucking survive if I really, really want to do this. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you something? Like, and, and we've all gone through it, but I want to know what was going through your head of those moments where, like, it's not even like I'm being taken advantage of, mm-hmm. right? Because like I feel like what that's a gets, great question. What, what gets us in in that realm, like especially those that, and I can tell you have a s- very similar elk of, of like, okay, like I believe you, like I know, but I'm down for the cause, mm-hmm. right? What were those conversations that you were having, not only internally, but also with Mondo of like, look, be like, mm. I've been here mm-hmm. and I get that, mm. right? But I'm dying out here, mm-hmm. right? And then not only are you like dealing with just like that reality, mm. right? But obviously, when you come back into the home, it's not as comforting anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, how are you being taken advantage of? Mm-hmm. How are you not having anything to show for this? Mm-hmm. Is this really something good for you? Like right. they're bringing the practicalities out. Right. And you're just like, no, I get it. Knowing that it's like, I feel y'all. 
but like, what the fuck? Yeah. But you're balancing on that tightrope, yeah. right? And I feel like that's something a lot of a lot of kids or wh- whoever you are going mm-hmm. into a path and being willing to like put yourself out there and and build your uh, not not re- fucking resume, but build your um, credibility, indispensability. There you go. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a process, mm-hmm. right? What was what what was that for you? Uh man, you know, it's it's all of that and some. So yeah, I'm going through the whole the motions of like my parents telling me, Denise, you know, there's no future in this, like and they don't really understand what I'm doing and it's hard for me to explain it, especially if I'm focusing on like social media or something like that, right? Or like even hosting. Yeah. You know how hard is it to explain to my mom yeah. like, hey, and or my grandmother, like, hey, yeah, they paid me to 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 do, use a mic They're like they pay you <laughs> to what to use a mic yeah how much yeah and not enough but uh, <laughs> but um yeah uh i guess it's blind faith that's all it is it's blind faith because you feel like you're getting taken advantage of you probably are getting taken yeah. advantage of because and it's it partially it could be intentional it could be half intentional and it can be half like not intended that to be that way but um it's hard because in the industry that we work in as glamorous as it is and with all the money that there is there's also like a lot of struggle phases you know that people don't really talk about and it's not always like this sunshine sunshiny day every day you know sometimes you you get hit with storms and and during those storms you can't you can't want to just breathe you know you can't want to just go and say hey help me help me help me yeah you know nobody likes that person and it doesn't feel good to be that person being the person that i am i'm very very prideful so you know i never i always convinced myself that i wasn't being taken advantage of even if i was i didn't want to know about it yeah because the day that i didn't you make, had bigger fish to fry it, in your head. absolutely and the day that i didn't make money i learned something mm-hmm. you know and it's like it's that big sean like the day you know today if i don't learn best Today, if I don't earn, best believe I'm going to Bounce learn. back or learn. Or mm, okay. <laughs> I sound like a fucking idiot. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, Sean. Whatever, whatever the higher learning in your Gucci lemonade freestyle was, like, let's leave it at that. You're on the top floor getting brain. I appreciate that. Whatever the fuck my butchering of that was, my complete apology. Yo, that was nowhere near. Like, it was not. It was not. But, but like, look, I'm not even throwing nobody under the bus, but it definitely had that cadence of like, last night I learned something. Then, you know what I mean? Wherever that came from. What song was that? that was, I don't know. I'm going to shut the fuck. I'm going to silently celebrate my idiocracy there. You know what I mean? That was off Detroit mixtape. I was okay. off the Detroit mixtape. But anyway, it's like, yeah, today, if I don't earn, best believe I'm going to learn. Yeah. And well, see, I like that. <laughs> like, you came with a strong right there. I respect that. For real. So that's kind of. Hey, that's kind of. good. <laughs> I actually just bounced back. Beautiful. You I know love what I'm saying? It. So right now, took an L, and then I just immediately bounced back. There you back. go. Yeah, that's done. how you do it. Thank oh, you, it. Thank you for teaching us your ways. It's lit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's exactly what happened. Like, I convinced myself into thinking that if I'm not making money, that I'm learning something, whether it's like something on Photoshop or it's something on um, Final Cut or Illustrator, or I'm learning something with programming or I'm learning new marketing. I'm reading something that I never have read. Um, 
so I'm, I'm investing in certain elements and applications yeah. that I can apply in the future and potentially make some money off of it, right? And but it's, I, th- I think, and sorry to cut you off, but I think that's a very pivotal point in, in, yeah. in your path, like in, in that want and desire, right? Because unlike a type of personality, let's say person A, mm-hmm. that is in this bind and is just waiting for it to come to them. Yeah. You're in this position, but you're also like being indispensable is something that like you're actively working towards, mm-hmm. right? So you're learning about blogging, you're learning about this. You're, you're literally putting yourself in a position, right? Whether it was power or anywhere else, like, and, and like who, if anybody's ever listening here, it's like, understand this, like the subconscious. Mm-hmm activation of of your like pursuit was okay this is a necessity i'm gonna go learn that yep this is a necessity i'm gonna go learn that you weren't just the girl or the pretty girl yep. or the presence that like was waiting for or you were an asset but like why aren't y'all no you were like okay these are all mm. you had the foresight to see these are all necessities mm-hmm. in this grander scope and you were like attacking them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that that's a very, it, it, it's a very like pivotal, um, horrible fucking word. But it's a very crucial, wow, even worse. But it's, it, it's a necessity to be yeah. able to like build your skill sets. Absolutely. Right? Instead of relying on opportunity yeah keep those in there bro because like, oh, i already yeah. bounced back there's no yeah. edits. there's no edits <laughs> but you know what i'm i i'm so glad you said that because there's some, if there's one thing i forgot to mention is that the first day that i was at power during my interview i i was very professional i wore a pink blazer i wore these denim pants because they wanted something semi-casual or semi-formal so i was kind of confused i was just <laughs> casual from the waist down and formal from the waist up. Yeah, you nice. the, the pink jump off Johnny going on. So I was, I was trying to make it work, right? And yeah. then my next, the, the my first day, I was myself. And myself at the time was very tomboyish. Part of it was basketball. Another part of it was, not to say my mom isn't a strong woman. She's a very strong woman. But I just felt that women, I didn't understand the powers that we women hold. And I felt like women were always looked at as like weak piece of me just yeah. here items. for the looks items yeah. exactly and i didn't want to be that so i wanted to be one of the guys and the only way that i can be respected and treated like one of the guys who can go you know pick up these boxes and who can go like yo let's go out and you know, let's have some grab a bite or something right as one of the guys and not be seen as like oh you know we gotta be you know what i actually am eating salads only. yeah <laughs> i was not that girl i'm still uh, not that girl but uh, uh, even no, more no so chicken, then please <laughs> <laughs> I don't like grilled chicken. <laughs> that's to be very well done. Uh, the, the, was, yeah, the chicken Caesar. Uh, no chicken, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I. But in all seriousness, I really wanted to make sure that I was being, I was getting the respect that yeah. I that I deserved, and the only way that I was going to get that was being treated as one of the guys. And so. um yeah, so I would, man, my wardrobe was like literally like this hip hop dancer. Like I was wearing cargo shorts, but they were like oversized and I was wearing oversized tees and I was wearing a hat everywhere that I go. The only feminine thing that I had was some hoops. And I was just like one of the guys. Like I probably looked like I liked girls. At you were to say B girl. I was, yeah, I wanted to be the, one of the guys, yeah. right? And so anyway, yeah, I'm trying to, I, for, I forgot where we were going before this it was just talking about like 
So you you were leading into like yes, your femininity was there, but oh, yeah. you wanted to be an asset. Yeah, one, one of the guys, but also an asset. Yeah, and I didn't understand, man. It's crazy. Like as a woman, we hold so much power. We have so much yeah. strength, but growing up i kind of felt like well the man is stronger right mm. even though i grew up with some really strong females yeah, around me my yeah. mom was was strong yeah. my grandmother's strong and they both came from broken relationships yeah you know because i didn't have a grandfather and i didn't have a biological dad um that they just filled in that really strong female role in my life but yeah. even that wasn't enough for me to think that acting like one of the guys was gonna be was gonna make it work yeah and um anyway yeah so it sucks because when as a woman if i would have used that like off the back like yo you know i'm a woman who can do x y and z oh man i feel like i would have been in a in a crazier level but who knows the journey you know i'm meant to be where, with where i where i am right now i feel like Absolutely. i'm meant to be here um but it just if if there's like a young lady out just really rocking that feminine flag and more than ever and and in a tasteful way not in like a you know oh i'm a feminist like do you even know what a feminist yeah. is you know i yeah. feel like we live in a time where it's the perfect time to just embrace that but growing up i didn't have that opportunity to yeah, be that just even, because you did the slut walk doesn't mean you're a feminist by the way exactly you know thank you for that so working in the street team you get paid minimum wage right and then working overnights you get paid minimum wage as well and um that's which, one and a half minus the half y'all yeah it's pretty bad so for all the hours that you put in but i was just grateful to be there right and when you when you go through a phase like that where you're you don't have enough for groceries and you barely have enough for gas you can't go on you want to network but you can't because you can't afford to do lunch you know you can't afford to get your own lunch how are you gonna buy somebody else lunch yeah. um and you're working like a dog you know, how is it? It's like a math problem that just doesn't equate to the yeah. answer that yeah. it's supposed Good to. Goodwill Hunting took a nap, y'all. Like, we don't Good know Will where Hunting this motherfucker is. Yeah. So it, 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 it's one of those things where you start looking into to other activities, activities, at least I did, that, that just made me feel like I was doing something right. So... I wasted a lot of time. We're not wasted, but I used a lot of my time at the 99 cent store, right? I'd buy, I would splurge there. And that was like, for me, that was like, that was the store. That was Target, mm. right? That was Target. And little things like that, little things like that. But as far as like the mindset, you just, I mean, without sugarcoating anything, it's negative. It's negative because you're praying that you're not getting taken advantage of, and yeah. you're praying that yeah. you see a light at you're the end of the You're knowing you're a good person. You're knowing you're that you're a good yourself, person. Does this happen? Yeah, you're, you're, you're. It's one of those things where you don't have a safety net. I didn't have a safety net to go back. Yeah. You know, and so what do I? I can't go back to Bank of America anymore because you know there's no there's no opportunity there. I, you know, she's not happy that my old manager isn't happy there, and that's why I thought I was gonna get my job back. I can't yeah. get my job back there. I'm. I don't want to do more promo than I'm already doing. I'm already doing street team and I'm already doing overnights. I'm not sleeping. So like what, what's keeping me is, is blind faith. It's just blind faith. My relationship with God has that 
during that time got very, very strong because you can't talk to anybody. Yeah. You know, you can't share your problems with others, with somebody else without them feeling pity for you or without, I don't expect advice. I don't yeah. expect advice because you can't, you've never walked in my shoes. You know, you can, you can give me an alley-oop and tell me like, oh, you know, why don't you take advantage of this? Yeah. But then it's like, do I want that alley-oop? Because then you might throw it back to my face and say, why well, you, without exactly. me, you got, yeah. you wouldn't have gotten there. Yeah. And I was never that person that wanted to be, you know, hand, you know, given something, you know, without me having to work for it. And so I'm very, very prideful. And that's something that you can't have when you're working in, in the industry. You need to be, or when you're working and, and struggling, you, you can't, you can't afford pride. Yeah. yeah, you can't afford pride. And um, for a long, it took me a long time to realize that. And it was things like talking to Mondo and explaining to him without feeling like a broken record. Yeah. Because I was struggling for two and a half years. Yeah. Um, actually, it could have been more, but... Without, I was in at Bank of America for two and a half years, and that's when things really started hitting the fan. Um, Talked to him, explained to him my situation. There's only so much that he can do, and I didn't. I feel like everyone has their own problems, so yeah, I didn't want to put yeah. my problems on him. Absolutely. And um, it it was just it just little things like realizing everything around me, realizing everything that I've already accomplished, taking time because time is all I had. I didn't have time to go and go to a party. I didn't have time to get an outfit. I didn't have time to do my hair. I didn't have time to get makeup. Like, it was something as little as walking out and realizing, like, damn, Denise, you live in the valley. You know, you're no longer in Compton. Wow. You know, and when you realize that, it's, it's, it, there was one point, my, my old apartment, my first apartment is in Valley Village. And we had we didn't have like a nice rooftop, but we had a just something where you could see outside the roof, right? Growing up, we didn't have a roof. Like we couldn't go up there like that. And so I got up there, and I'm just thinking about everything. I can't. I'm thinking about the relationship that I have with my family and how bad it is. Like it, I knew it was bad when I couldn't go back home. When it was just like I knew I was gonna be, they were gonna get upset and they were gonna be dis- disappointed. Just the fact that my grandma was left that disappointed took a big toll on my energy yeah. and my vibe. I couldn't tell Mondo anything more than I was already telling him. Um, I, didn't, I couldn't get a gig. And I, I was really just depending on myself, you know, depending on myself. Like I was my best friend. And for a long time, because I had to eat lunch, you know, in the restroom and because I had to to feel like worthless and because I've I've felt like neglected and I felt like disappearing, you know, I started remembering about all of that and mm. really realizing that that was a low point in my life, you know, and I'm back at that low point, mm. only it's at another level, yeah. right? Um, How crazy is that that in a dream you reach like an abyss that you felt before when you yeah. weren't dreaming? Yeah. It's, and so to answer your question, it's, it's, really, it's really the mind it's really the mind. That's all you have. You have blind faith. That's all you have. Yeah. And you're going to run with it. Yeah. You know, this is, it, that's your golden There's ticket. no guarantee. There's no guarantee. There's just hope. And you're hoping that you're planting the right seeds and that you're watering them and they're not dead. And, you know, you're, you're shaking hands with the right people. You're investing your time with the right people and you're realizing your worth because for when you're working for free, it, it almost seems like, oh, Denise, you don't know your worth. I'm constantly hearing that. Denise, you don't know your worth. This and the other, blah, blah, blah. That just sucks. If, oh. When you know you do. Right. 
but and you're hearing that from people. Denise, you don't know, like, you could be doing so much better, Denise. Like, oh my gosh, like, why are you investing with this person and this and the other? Like, it you have to quiet the mind. Yeah, you have to quiet the mind because it becomes so loud, especially at night. It becomes so loud that you start thinking that you're fucking crazy. Yeah, you start thinking that you start talking to yourself. Like I started talking to myself out loud. Yeah, it's it's yeah. quieting the mind, but it's also like quieting everyone else. Exactly. Too, you but know? how do you? So like with me, quieting everyone else was more of a challenge than quieting myself. Yeah. And the only way that I can do that was literally distancing myself from people, disappearing, going ghost. And that's not the best way to handle things. It's hard. But it's it's necessary yeah. sometimes because it was either that or I was going to just lose it. You know, one thing that that really always, always, always like came to mind and even sometimes to this day comes to mind is just like, though I'm. Like that, that thought process of somebody who's, who's really like, man, this is it. Like, no one's going to miss me. Like I'm causing more problems than, than help in this world. Like that mindset has always stuck to me. It's always stuck to me because though it's not something I have the courage to do, it's something that I understand. And it's, it's, it's nothing that you can do. There's nothing you can do to help somebody aside from talking to them, but it's more so you need to talk to yourself. Yeah. And that's kind of what got me out of that. It's just really that. Just talking to yourself, talking out loud, looking yeah. looking crazy and feeling okay with looking crazy. Yeah. Yes. For real. For real. And then, like I truly feel like if you're going to take it a step above it and and this is coming from somebody that didn't for so long, right? Like I was in a very similar scenario and like imagine a conundrum of like being told you're changing somebody's life and you're dead inside. Mm. Yeah. That's a trip. Instead of just like being in, in the sunken place, mm-hmm. shout, shout out to Get Out, mm-hmm. and just like having to go there. But like, there was moments where I was just like, oh, noosh, like that talk we had. And I'm literally like talking to myself through them. Yeah. But like, in my instance, it was like, fuck, like who the fuck's going to talk to me? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. But I completely agree with, you know, being powerful enough to... Um, have those open conversations with oneself and like understanding that. But at the same time, it's like, look, like I'll take it a step further and say like, we got to be comfortable with, with putting our lonelinesses out there. We have to be comfortable yeah. with being able to, with somebody or with something, knowing that it's not going to be as catastrophic as anything. Yeah. Right. Of being able to say like, I need a fucking life jacket real quick so that the next wave doesn't drown me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I actually right. had it. I thought I had a life jacket. Um, when I was in college and I was kind of going through that transition, I spoke to a, a therapist, right? A college therapist because I couldn't afford a real one. Yeah. And I was going through a lot of things. I was going through like identity issues and I was going through um, just like that career transition Identity issues is more so because I didn't have that relationship with my biological dad. Mm. I really wanted to, to see if there was something that was being affected by me not having that relationship. So I started seeing this psychologist at school and the relationship was really cool. It was really cool. Um, and I, I really felt like he was asking the right questions that I needed answers for myself from. Right. And I really admired this person. And, and it, this was the first time I was ever able to be, put myself in such a vulnerable position place um without me even knowing the individual right there's this there's this freedom with telling a complete stranger your story and your problems because they don't you don't feel judged no repercussions. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's completely yeah. unbiased and safe yeah so anyway so this this 
college therapist is, and he's not my age. He's like good over 20, 25 years older than me. He's like texting me and I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe it's just, you know, talking to me, make checking, checking on, checking in on me because I said this and the other. Yeah. I just want to make sure I was all right. So then, but he, it was getting to the point where he would text me at night saying, hey, I had a dream about you and we were in love and blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. It was getting, that's, it got weird. Horrifying. So I felt like I was raped with my $1,500, right? $1,500 for my car. car. That never came. That, the car that never came. And I was back to that feeling. So mm. I felt like it was during that time too. So it was just a really bad low. Like Fuck. that experience really messed me yeah. up. Because like how, how you, can you be in a position to like sick. have such like right. access? You're right? so vulnerable. Yeah. And it's just like, I got you. It's, yeah. So it, it really, really, really messed me up for a cool little minute. Um, and, and it sucked because it really made me close up. It really made me close up more than ever. So I was, uh, I was oppressing all these feelings yeah. inside of me and, and I was getting really good at it. I was getting really good at, at, at being phased with the problem and, and being completely okay with it. Like, hey. How me. scary is that though? Like looking back at that. Holy really scary. Shit. It's dangerous. Right? It's really, yeah. really dangerous. That's a fucking wild scenario. Yeah. So it was like to the point where I was like beyond overdrafted. You know, me and my grandma weren't talking for like weeks and... I didn't have a car. So there was just so many things that were adding to, to this. And, and the 1500, oh, sorry. The 1500 was like that, that first feeling where it felt like, oh my God, Denise, you know, how, how are you stupid enough to, to, yeah. to lose money here? But Denise, how are you even more stupid to trust somebody? Like your mom told you not to trust anybody. Yeah. Right? So it sucked. And, and you're right. I, the reason I bring it up is because, yeah, sometimes you do want to seek for help. And sometimes yourself is not enough. Sometimes you need another opinion. And so I wasn't able to go back into therapy um, for, an, you know, I think like two years. Look, I think everyone should see a therapist. It's Absolutely. like, it's actually the most normal thing ever. Absolutely. Of all time. Like, right. I've and seen it a, helps. I've, I've seen a therapist for like 10 years and regularly. And it helps. It, the stigma about it is so so like especially immature. with in poverty yeah yeah and it's it's one's got their own shit but that's yeah. like yeah. hey that's part of being human yeah. hey that's yeah. actually like how life works yeah. you don't yeah. just like walk out and be like oh i'm issue free yeah. or i know how to do everything and, and, right and, and, i'm totally mentally healthy all the right. time and imagine seeing doesn't that fucking work like that imagine seeing the therapist instead of like a therapist as just somebody that will listen to you without an opinion yeah, and on top of that, what's crazy, what's amazing about a therapist is like, there's like a little soapbox fucking moment for therapists, but, you know, they understand how the fucking mind works. They do. And like the, the way they can, like when you express something and they see it not only like from an unbiased objective standpoint, but also in a way of like, well, you're not really processing that correctly. Let yes. me tell you what you're actually is happening. Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I see. Yeah, and structured thinking. Yeah, no, but it's hard to like even when you talk to yourself and are able to open up to yourself, it's hard to literally go through these unbiased thoughts with yourself, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Whether it's a friend or whether it's a therapist, <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, it's like somebody to talk to. It's needed. And if we take out, let's let's even say no therapist or or not, right? Even if we've got a friend that we're open to talk to and be free with whatever you think, just look at look at it objectively and just like, I'm not worried about mm -hmm. what you think based on what I'm telling you. Yeah. That in and of itself is freedom. Mm -hmm. Totally. You feel me? 
Yeah. So the second time that I did therapy, I'm sorry, did I cut you off? No, no, no. Go. Second time I did therapy, I was a little um, more hesitant towards it because of the first experience that I had, but it was something that I really needed. I needed somebody to talk to. I had best friends, but I couldn't communicate to them everything that I was going through. So the second therapist was amazing. God bless him. He was so good um, as far as just like helping me really, really answer the questions that I had dug so deep for so long that I forgot I even needed answers to them for, you know, and, and when you, when you're walking around with this dead weight, you, you're not, you're limiting your opportunity because you're hesitant without even knowing you're subconsciously, you know, more, more likely to go to this situation as opposed to this one. But why is that? You don't even know. You just off the back, look at something that looks a lot more appealing than the other. And I didn't know it's, it's because I was missing this and, and there was a lot to it. And part of it that he said is, um, one thing that really stood out is that I didn't, I was always missing, um, what did he say? Like he worded it so well, but I was always missing something in my family or missing something, missing something in my family that I was missing with myself. And I've been trying to cover that up with so many different things, work, um, you know, problems sometimes we create our own problems and we don't even realize that we just create problems to fill a void that we don't know but I had this void that had been needing needing to be filled and I was filling it with the wrong things and that void was just not growing up with a father mm-hmm. right and I didn't know the importance of that because I'm thinking like well I don't have daddy issues like I'm very confident like I don't feel like I'm missing anything my dad my stepdad who's my dad like he's played a bigger role in my life yep. you know I, I, I have everything that I need and um, the way he worded it is because I've never got closure from that part. Then all everything that I do, I'm very, very strong. I'm very, very strong, very strong mentally. Um, but I'm, I'm never able to ask for help. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm never able to ask for help. And it goes, I thought it was pride the whole time. Mm-hmm. But it was just really, I didn't ever have the liberty. You know, when you have a dad, like dad's who you ask for help. Mom's who nurtures you and dad's who you ask for help. And I didn't have that growing up. I kind of had to figure it out on my own. Um, And so walking in with that in mind, I'm like, all right, well, maybe I should dedicate some time. Um, I need to to take some time off and I need to go find him. I need to go. I need to go find him because I knew I had two um, half siblings, but I just had had never really like built that relationship with them like that. So my mom married back into with my stepdad who's hispanic so i have two full hispanic brothers and my biological dad married back to um like a black woman so now they have two full black babies and i'm the only mixed Mm. combination of the two right so i'm like man i really gotta figure out this answer so i knew that he had a business um and i i never wanted to to go and say hey you know because i knew I, i i knew he knew about me but i didn't know if he cared and that's just what i wanted to know like it's cool if you don't i mean it's gonna hurt a lot but i just want to know like you know just make see what happens or whatever and so i go to his business and i meet my grandfather who's very light he's a he's a black man who's tall and very very light-skinned and i didn't want him to know who i was so i said i was doing a paper on local businesses in the city and, you know, your business came to mind, would, you know, love to schedule an interview soon. So I didn't want him to know who I was because I didn't, I didn't want there to be like a surprise and I didn't want to meet him. I wanted to meet my biological dad. And so 
when he gave me his card and I got back in my car, I was really, in a way, I was spooked, but not to the point where I'm like shook, but just spooked to where I was not ready to meet my, my biological dad then. You know, I, I walked in so confident and meeting my grandfather, things happened for a reason. Yeah. Things happened for a reason. And so I wasn't meant to meet him because I had so much anger in me. Mm-hmm. You know, I had so much anger. And though I really just wanted one simple answer, it's not as simple. The question wasn't as simple. Yeah. You know, and so. But you I, attempt, like, you, <clears throat> you, you went there. Yeah. I went there physically and, and I really, I, I had a mission and there was it, there was a change of plans and and thank god there was a change of plans because i really don't know what would have happened you know what if it would have left me really fucked up what if he would have said like man i know about you but i want you to disappear i don't care about you i don't think at that time i was ready to hear that i'm in yeah. a much better place in my life right now but then there was so much negativity around me yeah. that already already that yeah. i couldn't afford that yeah, yeah. i couldn't afford Everyone that would have drowned you yeah so um so yeah, I, I took that. I took a month off um, from everything. Took a month off from everything. I had some money. I had enough money to to do that. And, uh, and that were you just at the time professionally? Were you still the the nighttime pro? Uh, producer? Yeah, I was a nighttime producer, but I was just so I was just doing things that I needed to do. So I I would go to my events, but I wouldn't. I wasn't able to help in things that I wasn't being compensated for. Because it's kind of wild that like. You actually hit a point where you say, you know, it's the best day of your life when you got that. Yeah. And then at the same time, paralleling it, like personally. Yeah. Yeah. It's and you have a role that's like you're a nighttime producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's, it's the thing so is, weird. and it, what makes it what makes it so strange is that the title is a lot more glamorous than everything behind Absolutely. it. Always you know? is. The title Always is. is more glamorous. Just like just like the destination is for so many people yeah. thinking about them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I held that so proudly, though, and, and to this day, I've held it so proudly because, yeah. you know, it's something that I really worked hard to do for for years. I, I wanted to be at power, and now at 22, I'm the head of um, the head night producer, right? So I'm super proud of the moment, but I'm not. It's not matching with my lifestyle, and yeah. I'm not a I'm not a a glamorous like over the top bougie person that yeah. spends a lot of money. I just needed to make ends meet, and I wasn't making ends meet because I was getting paid a certain amount there, and I was getting a pay, paid a certain amount with Street Team, and it wasn't enough to really make ends meet. So I wasn't in the right state of mind. So I had to take a month off from things that I wasn't being compensated for, which really was like just working for Mondo, and um, and just everything, just disconnecting from everybody. And I, and honestly, I have so much respect for that man because he he i told him you know man i i need to get a side job denise don't waste time in that like you're so good you know if you take a marketing course if you take some marketing courses i'll let you handle my campaigns mind you this is like early instagram early twitter and and you know there was before postmates there was 24 hour any food and they were just looking for an Instagram. They were just looking for like, hey, shout me out and I'll give you some money. And at the time, it's like, you're telling me $1,000 to post this? Like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, let me, let me take Where advantage of that. At? So I went back to school. I took some marketing courses. Um, and it was like, I think I took two semesters of it. And uh, I was able to run his his marketing side of things, and I was making some money there, a lot more money than the I Mondo was. The Mondo campaign became real. The Mondo yeah. beca- campaign became so real, and and that man has honestly given me and, so many opportunities. And shout out to Mondo Fresco though, because like, look, yeah. like, it's evident that you're somebody that takes 
pride in what they do mm-hmm. and like are are willing to go above and beyond, mm-hmm. right? Like who the fuck is in a position that you're in, right? Being told like, look, like go take this course and this, and you're yeah. taking these courses, right? And it's it, it is crazy, like, because I'm gonna take a moment and take a step back into like the outside looking in. Yeah. Yeah, because you're going through all of this and you're 22. Mm-hmm. It's easy for somebody outside of it to be like, okay, you've been through trials and tribulations. You're still in an age where you wouldn't have graduated college yet. Mm-hmm. So you're going through like the the, the, the motions, mm-hmm. right? And it should be something that you can look at and be like, well, I'm still really young. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you are like so entrenched in this, you dedicated that like, okay, school is not the option right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. But let this highlight the fact that, like, when you're entrenched in something, you're not able to, like, look elsewhere, right? Because you're 22. Looking back at it now, you're just like, damn. Yeah. 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 But, like, you're 22. You're having this type, like, you're not getting paid, whatever, but, like, you're given opportunity. Mm -hmm. And also... Look, Mondo had to have said things in a way where you truly believed it. No, yeah, absolutely. Because you have been through shit where you understood what absolutely. the falsehood of this hope is, mm-hmm. like, directly, right? But being somebody that has gone through that disappointment in these areas, there was something very real about how it was being communicated mm-hmm. and your belief in the fact that it was going to end okay mm-hmm. In that you weren't just like, you know what, fuck it, you're just like everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, what made his situation special is he was he's always been very open about his journey, right? He grew up in Southgate, California. I grew up in Compton, and, and I went to school in Huntington Park, which is right in between both cities, right? So this is somebody who grew up in the same area that I grew up in, right? And he's done, he's done Power 106, he's done MTV2, he's done stuff with Nike, um, and he still has time for his family, and I'm just thinking, like, that's, you know, that's me. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. And he, the way that he words things, he's such an inspirational person. Um, he, like, I don't think he's he's had the platform to really shine and be that inspiring individual. But I, 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 I hold it very highly, and I'm very grateful that I've ever been able to have a conversation with him and have him bring me under his wing and show me, like, you know what, this is this is that this is this this is that you know this is what a studio looks like this is what an audition looks like this yeah. is what being on air looks like this is what I have to do behind off the mic this is what I have to do you know there's so much that I was taught yeah. for free you know like I was able to 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 take a front row seat into his life yeah. and 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 what it was transitioning to because now he's becoming this bigger star and and the way that he's doing that is through marketing and social media and he's including me, and he's bro. including me yeah he's making so like me all feel of the, all of these scenarios where he's like look like don't do that yeah or it's a matter of time mm-hmm. as much as it's not coming to fruition you're like well fuck like yeah, I know well, it keep is in mind, too. keep in mind too. Like my whole life, all I really wanted was a, a group of friends, or or yeah. at least one friend that I that was my goal. Yeah. Without even really knowing, like that's the goal that I want. I just wanted to make sure that I had somebody that was like cool, like Denise. I want what's best yeah. for you. Like this is that and the other. And I'm, I'm, I'm loyal by default, man. I feel like anyone who's from the area that I'm from, they're very loyal. Yeah, those are the people that are writing for you through thick and thin and if you're good to me i'm good to you it's very easy um and so he he showed me that early on like denise is how you do this denise is how you do that like nobody has to take the time to show you how to do something especially if it's like if you're aspiring to do something that they're doing 
You know, like, why would somebody take the time to show you that if you can potentially become competition at one point? Right. Right. So the fact that he gave me the the liberty to just be anything, you know, he kind of acted like my mom. He had a lot of, you know, a lot of characteristics that my mom had, which is like dream big. Everyone's like, you know, you have to do one thing, dedicate your time to radio. That's all you want to do. He was the first person that kind of said, like, no, I want to do radio and I want to do TV. See? Highlight. Every time. Highlight. So he went, <laughs> shout out to the siren. So he wanted, you know, he did radio, he did TV, he did sports. He wasn't just, you know, doing one thing. And though some continued. It was very parallel, y'all's world. Very, very, very parallel. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. So he was able to communicate that with me, share his journey, be very honest, help me, you know, as much as he could. Yeah. And uh, just be honest, like, yo, you know, Denise, I, you have so much potential. Don't yeah. let it go. You have so much potential. And uh, it's yeah, it's it's really having having somebody like that instead of because I could have been working with like a devil wears Prada situation, yeah, you know, yeah. for real. And it could have really tainted my experience. Easy. Yeah. And but because of that, I've never been jaded. Like all my opportunities, I've been very blessed. So, you know, working with him, I was able to, you know, um, meet somebody at Revolt. Oh, Revolt was bef- the year before Revolt was born. They were like going to a lot of different media outlets and they stopped by power was talking to one of the producers there um, and they were talking to Mondo and I was talking to somebody else and we just hit it off and she's like, oh, the, her name is Dana. She's like, oh, you know, you should be on the panel on it on Revolt when we when we start, when we launch. It's like, oh, perfect. Would love that opportunity. And sure enough, she gave me my first TV appearance. Oh, wow. So, you know? uh. And so slowly but surely things started kind of moving in the direction that I wanted them to move into. So I was doing street, I was doing, uh, I let go of street team to, to focus on being the head producer right mm-hmm. mind you i'm working from 11 p.m to 5 5 oh, yeah. 15 a.m all right Grave, but i would, i didn't want to complain because i was yeah. you know I'm, I'm producing this show and I'm, I'm super excited that i'm the one that's being trusted enough to to run this right mm-hmm. i did that for three years um because what a lifestyle oh man dude you have no idea you sacrifice so many things oh you sacrifice so many, you sacrifice your day yeah. You sacrificed three years for the most part. And what's crazy is that I was still, because I took those marketing courses, Mondo gave me um, the opportunity to take advantage of like his business deals and stuff like that. So we were reaching out to like local companies and putting together these proposals, putting together things that I was putting together in my high school campaign. So mm-hmm. I was finally applying that. To real life now. To real life and realizing that you were never really meant to be president. Like you're creative. You were meant that campaign served its purpose to show you what marketing is and, and what researching is and what going big, there's no limit. Like meat market, butcher paper. Are you kidding me? I know nobody else that has done that. I didn't, nobody else knows you can get butcher paper if you just ask a meat market. Right. And so I was finally applying that, um, through different social media campaigns and, and it was cool because it's like money that I needed when it was right on time and things happen like that. Things happen right on time. And it's crazy because we're so in a hurry and we feel so rushed. Like I, I was tired of eating Del Taco, but it was still not the right time. Yeah. You know, and it took a minute for me to realize that. And so I was doing that with him. And then when things started really popping off, um, I, I let go of, of power and that was hard. Letting go of power, even though I'm still, I still have a relationship with the company, I'm no longer working with the company. Yeah. And leaving that was hard because it's something that I strived for for so long. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, 
It's, it's really closing a chapter. It's really closing a chapter. And I, I've been doing so much behind the scenes stuff that I didn't, I was almost convinced like I belong behind the scenes. Like that's oh. what I wanted to do, you know? And, and partially because there was, I saw, I was able to get a front row seat of Mondo's life and, and the publicity that he got and the fans that he got. And sometimes like his privacy was being interfered with. And that's not something that I wanted. So I was almost convinced that, all right, he's doing that. I'm going to do, I'm going to focus on production and behind the scenes. Like that's what I want to do. That's how we're going to grow together with this brand. Yeah. And, um, when I was at Revolt, I realized that I really like to be in front of the camera. Like, and I can do both. I can be behind the camera and I can be in front of the camera. So I was uh, reached out to with this event, uh, this event that I did with Nike. I was already doing events with Mondo and Nike. Um, and there was one event where they reached out to me personally to do this football league, the Nike Football Society, mm. right? Man, that was the coolest, one of the coolest experiences I've ever I've ever had. It was so cool. It was all influencers. Everyone put their jobs aside. And there was no pride. Football, and we right? went to go play flag football yeah. every Sunday. Best feeling in the world. You know what's wild? I saw that and I was like, fuck, I wish I could do that. Oh, man, yeah. Dude, it was so cool. I mean, not to, not to add to, to your little rain rain parade here but my team won the championship shit who's we rain parade you talking about we, don't make me sound we run the trophy every it got so competitive you know and it was so cool because it was my first experience um where i was able to really feel like yo i don't care nothing matters how broke i am doesn't matter i'm barely starting to see some money but i'm not seeing the money that i want to see um nothing matters all these guys i'm looking at i'm looking at um blue i'm looking at gavin i'm looking at who else am I looking at? I'm looking at T. Like I'm looking really? at Coco. I'm looking at. Hey, shout out to Coco. I love you. Coco is a beautiful I soul, love you. man. I'm looking Courtney, at. Courtney, <laughs> I love you to death. <laughs> know that. I'm looking at so many people that I I just I I I aspire yeah. to be like. Yeah. You know, this is this is the blind faith. This is the blind faith. This and, is, and, but like, look, like you're in a position where you're naturally one of them. Exactly. So again, the it's same. like it's like real. Like even yeah. though it may not be validated yep. to whatever. Yep. Like it's crazy in 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 your journey, like these continuation yeah. moments. It's like yo, like you would not be afforded the opportunity to be a part of this influencer league mm -hmm. if you weren't considered one. Mm -hmm. But like. You weren't going to let the fact that, like, all right, well, yeah, shit. Nah. I just owned it. Like, I just owned it. And that's what you have to do. Like, you have to really live the lifestyle that you want. Like, you have to, if if this is what I want to do, if and I'm going to do it. Like, I'm not going to, I'm never one, like I said, to put my problems onto anybody else's. No one's going to know that I'm struggling. And imagine this, is that this was another instance where it was, like, a beacon of light. But it was also somewhere where... And I'll make an assumption, right, where you were part of a group mm -hmm. that felt like home. Yeah, right? absolutely. So it was kind of like... Brings it full circle. It was kind of like, fuck, like, I've been doing this, and I've been wanting to find this, mm -hmm. and in this moment, like, shit, like, I'm a part of something where we're a team. Mm -hmm. And through this team, it's a team of a lot of like-minded yeah. individuals, but like... Literally. I'm a part of a group. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that was champions. Yeah. Silent celebration. Cue that in. <laughs>
<laughs> no, but and then and what's cool is that so through that event, Drew was on my team, right? Drew Bird was on my team. Shout out to Drew Bird. And he had a 40s and shorties event, right? And so I go to the event. I'm still trying to like, you know, make even though I'm not like I don't have all the money in the world, I'm I'm at a better place than I was yes. before. Yeah. So I'm able to really like network and 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 do my part, right? And so I went to a 40s and shorties event and I I met a, a, a girl there and she was just talking to me about music and stuff. And I don't really know what she does. I'm not asking the right questions at this point because I'm not too familiar with how networking works. I don't want to feel like I'm grilling you. Never you find know? out how networking works. <laughs> yeah, just never. Just be you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. Never absolutely. find out yeah. what networking is. Never be a networker. <laughs> never break bread with a goddamn single soul. Yeah. Just be you. You're perfect. Yeah. That. So I was talking to this girl and she's, she, we're kicking it off. She's a little older than me. Um, at this point, by the way, everyone that I meet is older than me even now. But anyway, so she's, she's talking to me and she's like, Oh, you know, do you, you would really be good with, um, our team. I have, I produce a show and I think you could really, you would really be good on it. Right. And I was like, all right, cool. We'll just, you know, shoot me an email and, and we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see about it. And so she's like, oh, okay, cool. So, she goes and it's an email from all deaf digital, right? Which is Russell Simmons company. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for hosts. And, and I was like, all right, cool. I'll walk in. I'm, I have no experience. I don't have a real, but you know, she obviously saw something in me and I'm, I'm that person that if you see something in me, maybe it's me not seeing it in myself. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just own it. So take the word. Yeah. So yeah. I, I go into the interview and everything is great. My audition is great. Um, my meeting with the with the producers are great. The only thing is that my social media isn't high enough, right? Like, oh, you're great, but you don't really have a lot to offer us because. And not didn't say it in those words, but it was just it was that vibe. Like your social media numbers aren't high enough, Oof. and I'm just like, when you're being told that right in front, it's almost like you're not good enough because you don't have enough, you don't, you're not popular enough. Right. And it's like, are you kidding me? And I'm, I'm literally in there with like a grin, like, I understand. That night you buy like 25,000 followers. Yeah. What now? I'm like, no, and that's the thing. <laughs> no, I I, no I, it's just ridiculous. I like already, that. I knew about bot followers, no, but I didn't so, believe in that. No, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. So I was like, man, I'm, I'm wondering too, like, man, did they know about bot followers? Like, yeah. why am I being. How if, surface if see, level is this yeah, shit? Yeah. Insane, insane. So I was like, oh, man, this is, uh, I'm disappointed, but whatever. I get a call back and they decide to move forward. So. Uh. It was really cool to see that because it made me feel like, well, Denise, like you have something that you're not seeing. Yeah. Like there's some potential that people are seeing in you because you got this opportunity at Power. You got this opportunity at Revolt. You're at All Deaf Digital now, owned by Russell Simmons. You had your opportunity with CV Wonder. Like there's so many good parts in your life that you're just not seeing. And part of it is because it's not parallel yet. It's just, it's not. Yeah. And so... I was I'm, I was at all Death digital and I was I was building my reel there because they had me doing a lot of content. I was doing I was hosting their daily show every time the host was missing, and I was doing a, a woman on the street stuff, and I was just having a great time. And I started to really realize like I could do this, yeah. like, I could do this more regularly. Uh. And so I was just feeling I was feeling that I was doing something right for the first time ever. And uh, thanks God. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for the first time ever. Um, and by this time, I'm 23, and I'm I'm really just figuring it out. I'm I'm shaking hands. I'm I'm being as confident as I can. I'm very I'm 
I'm 23, but I'm kind of ashamed of my age because everyone around me is, is so much older than me that I felt like I wasn't being taken seriously enough. So I would kind of just play it like, oh, I'm just not going to talk about how old I am. Just kind of going to let my actions and my mannerisms speak for themselves. Yeah. And so... Um, Shit, I wish I had that. Like, I rolled in, like, at 22 looking like I was 36. <laughs> <laughs> Receded hairline and all that. But continue. Go ahead. So, um, so at this point, Mondo's, Mondo's brand is really growing, and I'm following with it, and he decides to bring in new interns. So now I'm taking on this role of, like, the oldest sibling, like, the leader, like, hey, interns, I'm no longer an intern anymore, and now he's paying me on a retainer, right? Awesome. So I'm just like, man, everything is just looking up, looking up. And um And you're twenty three. I'm twenty three. I'm twenty three and Where the fuck's the ambulance when you need it? Where's y'all at? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm twenty three, I'm overlooking these interns and I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing myself in a lot of them, right? Mm. I'm seeing myself and I'm seeing I'm learning from what I liked about my internship and what I don't want somebody else to feel like. Um that feeling was like, Oh, this isn't going anywhere. Right? Um so I'm doing that and I'm still trying now at this point that I've grown Mondo's brand, I'm trying to grow my brand. I'm no longer with any big corporation. So I don't have some, I don't have like somebody on my back, you yeah. know, and I'm not on my back in a bad way, but I, but like, I'm not walking in unless you know, Denise, yeah. you don't know Denise. Yeah. Oh, Denise from power. No more. Oh, Denise from, you know, oh, was she on revolt? Oh yeah, she was. She hasn't mm -hmm. been on revolt for a long time though. Oh, okay. Denise from all deaf digital. Oh, okay. Oh, she's the one that's kind of on and off. I didn't have anything concrete, yeah. right? I wanted to Defining, own something. Yeah. yeah. Wanted to really own something. And so, um, I was brainstorming with Mondo, like, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know what I want to do. I, I, I don't know if I want to work for another company. I, I really like what we got going on here. I feel like we could take it to another level. Um, and he's like, all right, well, why don't we just start a company? And I was like, all right, so it made it sound easy. All right, let's start a company. <laughs> yeah, why not? yeah, you're and he, right. And he's like, all right, we can, you're, you're good at, you know, you have good marketing skills now. Like you can take advantage of social media, like different social medias. And I was already doing that for other small businesses. Like I did it for like this plant business and I was doing their social media, just going once a week to take pictures and put them up on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I was helping certain radio personalities with their accounts. So I was already applying a lot of these skills. So yeah. they were very polished. Um, and he's like, yeah, we'll build a social media agency um, or we'll build a company and, and we'll take over these social medias, right? I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So being from Compton, which is also known as Hub City, he's from Southgate. We we created Hubgate, right? Hubgate was really cool. Um, we were able to bring a, a couple Pepsi brands on board. How we even connected with Pepsi was um, we were working at a creative studio called The Great Company. And through there, there were so many creatives that were walking in and yeah. Pepsi was using that as an out of office space. So one of our friends, one of our buddies there connected us because he really liked the direction that we were taking social media. Yeah. And so we were able to take over Sobeys, Brisk and Stubborns, right, which is their new soda. We were providing a lot of original content for them and it was it was really, really cool, but it wasn't as fulfilling right it wasn't as fulfilling it's it's a, an amazing humbling i'm grateful for that experience we both are but there was more to the creative side that we wanted to do right mm -hmm. as a, aside from just marketing you know i wanted to do like maybe 60 75 percent um creative and and 25 marketing just to make sure that we're applying yeah that we're being true and we're we're not like what's the word 
like we're being honest. Like I, I, I want to create. That's what I want to do. I, I want to make sure that I'm happy. Like we wanted to make sure that we were happy. If we're going to run our own business, like we want to make sure that we're happy. And Mondo is an amazing leader, though I'm a firstborn child. He's a firstborn child, too. And the fact that he has some years on me and he's able to really like hone in that. Yeah. He kind of honed in that like big brother, um, you know, I got you. Like we're going to be all right. And it's cool because it's like, all right, you're right. We are going to be yeah. all right. Um, it's good to have that mindset and to have a team like that. So after we did, we did Hubgate for a year, right? And we decided that we wanted to take things into more of the creative direction. Yeah. So we had to kind of end Hubgate and then Hub Wave was born. Hub Wave was born. Um, Hub still it means the center aside from Hub City. It also Bonda. means the center of things. And Wave is the highest quality of audio, higher than MP3. So mm-hmm. um, we both came from a music background and, and music is a heavy influence. So the company... Uh, essentially was born with myself mondo and another individual and it was it the moment that it launched it launched last february the day that it launched everything about it was special everything about it was special the build-up was was the best part because Uh. we're talking about we're brainstorming like 10 different names right for the actual company on top of that we're we're thinking of slogans like wow what's a slogan we're we're brain it's like and we have this huge whiteboard. Like, it kind of just felt like that Steve Jobs moment. You know what I'm really? saying? Like, you're yeah. writing so much stuff on there that you're just like, the messier it looks, the better, right? Yeah. There's coffee everywhere. Like, we're having late nights, early mornings. We're, we're thinking about the direction. We're creating the, the deck for it so we can explain to people what it is. We're listening to the, dem- the demographic for it. Like, everything is just, like, building up to this great yeah. thing. And then the launch date comes, and it launched on Mondo's birthday. Incredible. Launched on Mondo's birthday. And it was just like the most indescribable feeling ever. It's like, and it what's crazy about it is that there's no money. We're not walking into this thinking, yo, we're going to make a lot of money off of this. We're walking into this thinking, we could create anything we want. Because we just did. Because we, yeah, because we just did. We can create anything we, like, to have the world at the palm of your hands like that. Like, hey, you know, let's say we pitch an idea to... A, a corporation right that we're working with and they're like oh well i don't know we don't do you really think it's gonna be successful oh yeah i'm actually pretty confident it will be <laughs> you know and the fact that they don't believe in this idea and now we can create this idea without having to ask anybody for permission yeah. is the most liberating feeling ever Absolutely. it's like you know it's exactly why you guys do this podcast just the fact that there is no one on your back there's no you have you have the direction you're driving the the ship you're steering it you yeah. got damn right we are <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> so, so it's one of those situations where though money wasn't the initial thought, it was better that way because you don't create something to make money. You don't, if you're working in radio from experience and your initial goal is, oh, I'm just here to make money, you're in the wrong field, buddy. Well, this was finally also the point where you weren't the help. You were like exactly the partner. I was the partner. Mm-hmm. Right. And so... And, it, and you were equipped, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is the thing. It's like, yeah, money may not be there. Anybody that starts something know that it's not the case. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll make a wild assertion in that there was a level of happiness being that you knew that you were a part of something, mm-hmm. right? And that everything you'd been through mm-hmm. is helping you and allowed you to do this. Absolutely. And opportunity is limitless like mm-hmm. this is actually one of the first times and correct me if i'm wrong because i'm gonna go on this like sure, little like no. monologue but like this is actually one of the first times where 
the reality of all your work sets in, mm-hmm. right? The framing of all of your work sets in. Everything you were promised from your mentor, Imando, is being actualized. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to mean you, you need to get a check for 100K and like you're balling out of control, but this is where all of those, you're better than this, like, please, like, just... You know what I'm saying? There's probably moments where he's like, yo, please don't leave. I swear to God it's going to work out, all these things. But this is one of those moments where at the end of the day, it's not about, again, it's not about what you reap from it. It's just about it being real. Yeah. Right? It's not about you being the most popular. It's just you having your core group of friends. Absolutely. So now in this moment, you've been hitting these certain scenarios. You're living a little better, but, excuse me, but you have something that not only you're proud of, Mm -hmm. but you can call a piece of your own. Absolutely. It's like home. It's exactly like home. That's my team. That's my family. That's me. You know that? That's my heart. That's my heart. That's my baby. And so, um, you know, through that, like building that, everything kind of just started looking up after that. Um, it's a lot. That first year was rough because it's all about, I mean, I'm sure you guys are very familiar. It's just all about just getting your name out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were putting in like 30 cause we have a website, but we also were producing different video series and we were mm-hmm. doing different yeah. events. So we were recording every day and we were doing three, two, three shoots a day. Right. Just creating content, creating content, storing some, some of the can reaching out to different companies, um, and creating these series for them. And, um, it wasn't till like that what that year was really important to me because it was a year that I really started seeing the fruits of my labor and I started to really understand that the blind faith that I had wasn't blind at all it was I saw the vision I, it was just a little blurry you know and um I was I, I I was really hurt by the relationship that I had with my grandmother and when I was able to like just hand over some money it brought things full circle because that that was, though I was making her feel better and reassuring her, like, hey, you know, I'm in a better place. Like, you don't have to worry. Here's some money. Like, trust me, I don't need it. I, I yeah. really want to give it to you. I was also talking to myself, like yeah. an older version of myself, and telling myself, like, yo, it's you know, okay. it's going to be all right. Like, you're going to be okay. Um, you know, th- this is all full circle. Like, this yeah. is exactly what was, 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 what was meant to happen. And, you know, that that disappointment that I had with my grandmother was with myself, you know, and I didn't realize that. Yeah. You know, and at she, the end of the day, it's like mother, grandmother, any figure, like it's not about any type of wealth or like, yeah, or, 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 or like celebrity or like flash. Mm-hmm. It's just like, at least be independent. Yeah. And at least be better than us. Yeah. 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 For real. You know what I mean? Like at least like, Mm-hmm. make us feel like because like you know i feel like it's like that with all like figures uh adult figures in people's lives if we take all the bullshit out it's just like look at least be better yeah like, at least make us feel like we've done something mm-hmm. yeah and there's a feeling of like i think it's when you said it, it's yourself that you're feeling like bad about it's not really like mad at them it's really mad at yourself it's because like you know your own it's like you're almost a disappointment not to them but to like to yourself, yourself. and your ability yeah. absolutely and so it's hard to even be positive around them mm-hmm. until you reach that point yeah. you know mm-hmm. it just is 
Um, and how crazy is it that, that that point wasn't like a monetary point? That point was just like, okay. It was a happiness point. I've went through literally tsunamis, mm-hmm. right? I've been wading in this water with a life vest mm-hmm. that's like half gone. Mm-hmm. But I'm afloat. Mm-hmm. And the tide has calmed down. And I'm actually like inching towards sand. Yeah. Right? I'm not inching toward my beach house. Mm-hmm. No, inching towards just sand. Yeah. Yeah, Even though in the delirium need. of it all, like you see in the beach house and yeah. you actually know like, well, shit, I'm at least on land now where yeah. I could like get <laughs> after this motherfucker. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like we realize that full circle really isn't um full circle really isn't attaining a destination. Yeah, it's not. And like I think this is a very picturesque moment because um uh, when we have you back, I want to really d- delve into the experiences that you've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like this is a very like significant moment because that what what was it? Yeah, like what, what what was it that you told me? Like, llegamos what? Llegamos what? I feel like I feel like I was, uh, regardless of that, yeah, is right. I was like, I can't find it, so I'm just gonna like I let it pass. You. But it's one of those things where through all of your trials and tribulations, your dreams led you mm-hmm. up until this point, and it wasn't solely your belief. Mm-hmm. Like you worked at the shit, yeah, hard. Yeah, worked right? my ass off. You worked the shit hard, and the moment where it actually made sense was that it finally became real. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that you finally got a hundred thousand dollar check yeah. from this brand or that brand or the other. Not saying that you're not going to get that because you guys are mm-hmm. right, but the moment that it really like made sense was when all of the fruits of that labor became a reality. Yeah. Or it's even, yeah, it became a reality. And then it's just, I kind of started uh, fixing the problems that I, that I, that that had created. You know, I feel like more than anything, that's when I started to feel like when the problems started feeling less and less like problems and they started feeling like res like I, solutions, like I yeah. had so, actual solutions, yeah. you Absolutely. know, that moment there made everything right. Like I was paying off debts. I was giving my family money. I was feeling better about myself. I was, you know, I was happy. I had friends. I had, you know, I had a vision and, and, and I was doing things. I was being honest to myself. You know, I feel like that's something that kind of got jaded throughout the way. Um, after I, I like when I was, when I left school, uh, college, I feel like I, I, I was a little jaded in the sense that I had all this confidence and pride, confidence, really not pride when I, when I got to being student body president and then it crashed, right. Then I got into power and that confidence boosted back up. Right. And then it crashed and then it crashed for so long that I forgot. I, I lost my sense of identity. Like yeah. I forgot what it was to, to be confident and to embrace everything that I have worked for because yeah. I was down for so long, you know, yeah. it was the, the longest I had ever been down. And, um, and I'd reached a point where 
I, the, the sun was out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's when was cool. the last time you were just happy that the sun was out? It feels weird. Like, when it feels weird to be happy, it's like, it does. It's like a foreign feeling because you just, you, you become this like negative character. Yeah. You're like, all right, this is the person I am. And you're waiting for, you start yeah. like waiting for this point to mm-hmm. reach. But then you realize like, it's not like, okay, I'm there. It's like, oh, wait, wait. You just wake up. You're like, I'm, I'm happier. Yeah. I'm, I'm headed in this direction. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's you're, not like, yeah an actual tangible point yeah but it is there's a shift Mm that actually starts to happen Mm -hmm. and that we i mean we've all felt um yeah and in such a simple feeling like being happy like as simple as that as that is can have so much strength when it's not it's crazy to see like and realize what like simply happy is absolutely simply Simply happy to me was the the look in my grandmother's face, because uh. to me that was her life and and the experiences that she's gone through and everything that she yeah. shared with me is like kind of like looking into to what could have been what could have been of me and realizing like okay I'm not gonna do that, but how is it that I, I decided to go another way and still became a disappointment? If that's, if I was trying to avoid being a disappointment the whole time, how is it that that's exactly what I ended up doing? And when, you know, I was able to, to, to reassure her and reassure myself yeah. that I, we're in a good place. It, it made, it, it, it was beyond anything. It was beyond anything. It wasn't a, mo- it wasn't a monumental moment. It was just more so like, you're human yeah. like you're still alive you're yeah. still i'm no longer having those thoughts i'm no longer questioning anything the blind faith is no longer blind you know and and it, it just you're right it's not the money that brings anything full circle it's i'm grateful for everything that i've gone through because yeah. you know give me the next give me something else give me something else because i've gone through hell and back <sighs> and i'm only 24 and for i think real. that's the best part about it you know when you're able to recognize your place in the world and realize that what I do is, is amazing. I get paid to, to, to talk about anything that I want to talk about. I have brands that trust me and give me the liberty to, to speak on anything that I want yeah. in, in the way that I want and just be myself. You know, I, I, I've they never, value your voice. Yeah. They value my voice and I've never had to compromise anything. I never had to compromise my views. I never had to compromise myself. You know, and, and that's an amazing thing. And that's something that not many can say. I never I could have easily said, oh, man. All right. Well, let me be very feminine and use my femininity to, to get more money. Yeah. But that's not what the direction that I wanted to go towards. And I'm grateful that I'm strong enough to turn down certain opportunities Absolutely. because though I was poor, I was poor also because I wanted to be poor. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to to struggle that way but it was the only way for me to still focus on what i wanted to do i could have easily taken a part-time job but i didn't i could have easily taken advantage of another opportunity with a different promo gig but i didn't want to do that um and it's really all it is is sim as as crazy and not even crazy as as generic and as boring as it might sound it's really just believing that you can possibly do it does you genuinely telling yourself and looking in the mirror and realizing like you're good enough, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you're good enough to charge people. And I'm at 23 at 22, 23, you're good enough to, to guide people and you're good enough to give advice. You're good enough to give yourself advice, you know? Absolutely. But yeah, man, that's my story so far. And it's a blessing. <laughs> and I'm look, I'll tell you one thing, just as a fan of you as a human being, 
um, and as a fan of your journey, is that keep believing. Feel me? Keep going, keep believing, and stay curious. Because mm-hmm. it's wild that your what would be college education was all of this. Yeah. Right? And it's beautiful to see. Um, it's actually humbling to see that, like, you never viewed it that way. Mm-hmm. It was real life from the jump, right? Um, and it's an absolute honor to like even like hear this story, and it's a pleasure to be able to tell this. Just keep believing. Like the sky is the limit for you, and I'm sure that you're going to keep blossoming into into things that will continue to surprise yourself. Thank and you, Anish. I can't wait to see it. Thank you. No keep for reaching real. for being president. Lit. For real. <laughs> One day. I mean, look. You never you, know. You I wanna st- look, you want to start regionally? We'll do that. Okay, because, look, thank you. I'm already Keith, hiring Keith, you. Keith, don't think mind. I forgot that. 2024, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> because I'm already, like, endowed project, yeah. like, uh, campaign manager somewhere else. But look, we're going to do that. Let's go. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? I just won't celebrate silently. You can. I'll realize it. It's a wrap. And with that, I'm about to call Mama and say, Mama, we made it!